0: Let's start the show for Thursday, March 9th, 2017. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of tested.com. Oh, whoa. Right. <laughs>
1: Look at that fucking squirrel on my bird feeder.
0: And then suddenly, the Enterprise D's bridge. Oh, hey. Oh, hey there. (laughs) You know, that dubstep intro can only mean one thing, that we are getting a double weeks of Will. Will Smith back on This Is Only a Test for the second part of our GDC discussion. Hello. The one and only Will Smith. Yeah, the one and only. There is no other. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to this week's podcast. I can't believe it's just been a week. GDC feels like a year ago now. So much has happened. But... uh, I want to also welcome Kishore Hari, our co-host here. How are you doing, Kishore? I'm doing okay. Yeah, seems to be a lot going on in the world. Um, There seem to be two big topics we're going to jump in this week. Uh, Last week, we recorded before, Jeremy and I went back to GDC to do a bunch of game demos. We're going to talk about that. Uh, But who here saw Logan? Oh, if we're going to talk about Logan, we
2: got to just dive right into pop culture news. Wow. Jeremy left me the
0: soundboard. I'm going to use it. We're not messing around this week. That's right. Jeremy is out. He has jury duty, his civic duty to, uh, to lay judgment on his peer.
2: If he was a real American, he would just not show up and like, keep filing those notices this, saying, yeah, I can't
1: come. I
0: don't live here anymore. I have a podcast to you have do. Jeremy
1: Williams. The secret is to move outside of
0: San Francisco where they don't hit you for jury duty every six months. Yeah, we have a lot of like, people or or just have a like uh, some of our state senators or politicians who just have addresses that they don't live at. Well, Ooh. of course, why wouldn't you? If you want if you want to if you think you can get elected in a district, you just need a fake house. Wow. Oh, yeah, and then exactly. there you go. Um Wow. Logan, right? Logan, the big yeah. pop culture <laughs> thing of this week. You guys all did your
1: homework. You guys all saw it, right? I went and saw John Wick Two instead, which was a fabulous film. Highly encourage people
2: to watch it. Basically, the same film. The dog lives. You know, that's
1: you know. Good there's point.
0: John Wick Two. John Wick is the Logan of the John Wick universe. It's the inverse.
2: You know, John Wick Two was not
0: universally
1: adored. It tested. Well, anybody who doesn't like John Wick Two is clearly a bad person.
0: Oh, okay. Let's get Mr. Savage on the phone. Yeah, I'm comfortable telling him that to his <laughs> face. <Yeah. laughs> on this week sometime, Will or Adam said he did not like John Wick Two and. Because he thought that he wanted Keanu Reeves to be invincible. He was on the run for too much of the movie. Well, he's really not going to like John Wick 3, then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the whole movie he's on the run. Um, I don't want to talk too much about John Wick 2. I loved it. Will, did you like it? I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I wish I, they explained too much, they showed too much, of, showed the too of, much of the world. Morpheus was not needed. That whole, I, that whole subdivision of the underworld, I thought, was unnecessary. I, I liked that they showed more factions, but I like the part with the women working
1: on the old-fashioned typewriters and all that stuff. That was stuff, fun. It was, it was unnecessary. They, they had a lot of money to spend, it felt if, like. If you looked at that first movie, there was nothing in that first movie that was unnecessary.
0: And there was a lot in He's this movie that was unnecessary. Just enough. I mean, like, it, it's, it's a fun movie. The whole um, Sommelier scene where he gets his weapons, that, that's completely unnecessary, but a fun scene. That isn't unnecessary. That explains, that tells you
1: how he gets weapons when he goes someplace that he has to go on an airplane. Like, that—that that is every bit as necessary as the scene with Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, where she has the sword next to her seat on the airplane, right? How do you get a sword, like a one-of-a-kind killing weapon, through airport security, well, in that, that world, it just doesn't matter. Maybe it's just part of your
2: exoskeleton.
1: That's yeah, how you get swords. That's through. right.
0: Yeah, uh, no walking through metal detectors yeah. in in Logan, uh, but it, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, Best Marvel movie ever. That's what see? you said last see? week. I don't S- think so. Spider-Man I think people. 2? No, X Men Two maybe. Uh, X Men 2. X-Men X-Men 2. 2 is
1: really good, but it, if you watch that again, I you will X-Men be 2. disappointed in the I still modern. think
0: Avengers. Uh, yeah, Avengers. Oh, no. Uh, Captain America's oh, uh, Winter, Soldier. Winter, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, I think.
1: I, yeah. I might even go so far as to say Civil War.
0: Yeah. The, uh, no, I no, think uh, a little too messy. Uh, a little too much going on in there There's too many <laughs> characters introduced. <laughs> You so, could see
2: me like reliving Civil War there. <laughs> Be like, yeah. Oh, oh wait. Oh. oh, okay. oh I, I You oh. know, I might
1: say Iron Man 1 then. The first
0: Iron Man set the tone for the whole thing. It's a multi-billion dollar empire. And Logan may set the tone completely differently for the Fox faction of the uh, Marvel, not cinematic, uh, not the official Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Uh, so... I don't know how much we should talk about.
2: Well, I mean, it's Old Man Logan, which is
0: I, I think everyone it's knows. It's not Old Man Logan, though. It's just Old Logan. What um, happens in Old Man Logan? Does so he yeah, here, here, here let's, let's do this. So uh, there was a comic book series called Old Man Logan r- written by Mark Miller. And Mark Miller uh, is a big, very prolific comics writer, uh, did a bunch of stuff for D.C. Um, and uh, the Wildstorm imprint, and then he went into Marvel and wrote a bunch of the Marvel Ultimates universe. And then he did a bunch of Marvel, um, like, kind of, Elseworlds these stories, one of which was a mini series called Old Man Logan, set in the far future where Logan, it's a, America is a wasteland. It's basically a road trip series where Logan, who is he's he's old, but he, like his regenerative factor, healing factor has gotten weaker. Um, he's feeling that the, the time has really hit him, but um, has he lost his memory again? He hasn't lost his memory. He's okay. like married, has a family. It's basically John Wick where his family gets, like, he needs to go on the road to pay the local boss, like, the money, and he picks up Hawkeye, who's blind, and Hawkeye's, like, his road trip buddy, and then they travel across the U.S., um, going through different factions. So the supervillains all own different part of the U.S. Like, Doom has a big middle america America. Um, I think Magneto has a big part of, or, or like, all the big supervillains each own a different part of the, the United so, States.
1: So is this, like, is this post- it's, it's an alternate... alternate it's it's not a Days universe. of Future Past like, no. spinoff or something it's like that. It's just
0: like okay. this is a whole separate what-if part of future. Um, it's Wolverine and, meets the road. Exactly. It, it totally is Wolverine meets the road. Okay. The, the big character things in the Old Man Logan comic series is one, Logan refuses to release his, his claws. So the whole series is building up to the first time he unleashes the claws again. And then the two, the big twist, which it's an old series, you're going to get spoiled, don't worry about it, is the reason he refuses, the reason he's retired and he's depressed is because he killed the X-Men. Like all of them? He killed all of them. Wow. Because he was brainwashed and he thought they were uh, villains and then he started going crazy and then he was brutally killing them and they refused to, they couldn't bear them to stop him him. because he was so powerful, but also he was their friend and they were trying to save him and then he killed them all.
2: There's wow. elements of that that I think probably are in Logan. So yeah,
0: so I can spoil the Old Man Logan comic book series because the movie Logan, while yes, it is an older Hugh Jackman, an older Wolverine character, it's set in 2029, so set in like a, okay. a future Brian Singer X Men universe. It's not the same. The it's first not... Brian Singer X Men universe or the Days of Future Past X Men. See, there Bryan are too ma- I think it's a Days of Future Past one. Okay. I think it's after mm-hmm. Days of Future Past where Logan, Logan, I, I think someone did the math because there was X-Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. which showed his origin, He, uh, which is based on the um, the Origins comic book storyline. actually followed it pretty closely with James Hallett being his real original name. Yeah. He was a meek child and um, Sabretooth, and Sabretooth was his brother. kind of as half-brother. Yeah. And it's terrible. And okay. it's terrible. Okay. Um, And it's bad for reasons not related to Wolverine, though. Someone did the math where if you follow when he was born, James Howlett, he was born in like the early, like like the 1800s. Yeah, 1800s. Yeah. Uh, He has in the Marvel, the X-Men cinematic universe, the Fox cinematic universe, he has lived 196 years up till uh, 2029. Mm -hmm. But his brain is like 200 and... Oh, because he did some old, of it twice. Because he did it twice with Days of Future Past. Oh. So he lived multiple timelines. Wow.
2: Didn't he get shot in the head with an adamantium bullet
0: in one of those
2: movies? In X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. That was terrible. So, you know, the reason it was called X-Men Origins
0: age? Wolverine was because they were going to do a spin off with a bunch of X-Men Origins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Magneto, X-Men Origins. And 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 that and be the, a, and then all.
2: that movie came out, and people are like, no.
1: No, we,
0: yeah, we, don't, we don't want, want that. No, just give me more, more X-Men. That's why they origins, X-Men
1: first class. origins is ruined as a word forever. You can't put that in a movie now even. Yeah. Um,
0: I like Logan. I don't think... like Not you, best picture material? I don't think it's best picture material. Uh, the great performances. Hugh Jackman is amazing in it. Patrick Stewart's amazing in it. The girl, um, Daphne Keene, I want to say, she's amazing in it. Uh, but I don't think I don't think the script holds up to the very end. Plus, if you have played The Last of Us, mm-hmm. and oh. a lot of people have been making those comparisons, The Last of Us is a far superior story than Logan, which is different. I know you cannot, can't compare video games to movies. We both have Ellen one, Page. They both have Hugh Jackman. Yeah. One is a two-hour two story you're trying to tell, and one is a is a story you maybe live with for 10 or 20 hours. Um, what? How did you feel about The Wolverine, the Japan Japan one? I didn't like it
1: either. Same director. I thought that James was okay. Mangold. It was okay. Yeah. I thought it was a waste. I wish Darren Aronofsky had, had ended up directing that. I feel like that would have been a real weird movie with him in charge.
2: I actually like the the Source comic for that a lot.
0: Yeah, the Source comic's great. Like, the idea of Wolverine being he's... A samurai type character. Mm-hmm. He's a Ronin esque character. He has a code of honor. He travels the world. He, you know, he has he fights swords with blades. He's you know, a Western character set in Japan. That that trope is very um, there's there's lots to like about that, right? It's I, like I like the bone claws. I like that you got to see the bone claws in a movie. Uh, but then if that movie fell back to him fighting a giant robot, essentially.
2: Yeah, the ending is, leaves a lot to be desired.
0: All, all of these X Men. The, the Wolverine-specific movies have been, have had bad endings. And a lot of it people blame on, well, because Fox, they don't have the rights to Spider-Man. They don't have the rights to Captain America. No. They have the rights to not the X-Men. They have the rights to Fantastic Four, but they have the All rights the mutants. to mutants. Yeah. And so it felt like in every movie that they had, they had to just throw mutants in there. And the best thing I can say about what Deadpool and what Wolverine have brought to, and Logan have brought, is that they're not packed with mutants for the sake of being packed with mutants. Now, I don't think going forward, studios should say, "Oh, wow, Logan made eighty-eight million dollars in Open weekend. It's a rated R movie. Deadpool made ninety-something million as a rated R movie. Rated R is the way to go." That's not that's that's completely misunderstanding the fact that the reason the Logan is successful isn't because it was a gritty Wolverine movie. It's because it's a Wolverine. People have been waiting for this for a long time. They built up well, to it. Those characters are R-rated characters. That, I mean, right. that's and, the other thing. Yeah.
2: Like, and I think there's so many like if we get a Silver Surfer R-rated movie it'd be like what the hell is this a Fantastic yeah. Four R-rated movie is not
1: not gonna help anybody
0: and Fantastic Four is you, you have to look not just back at the source picture, but why, what resonated with the fans like people like Wolverine because yeah he's a badass because he, his weapons he, can, he healed you know quickly and he, you can show gore and him healing up Fantastic Four it's about adventuring it's about a family adventure like Fantastic Four is more, has more to do. It's closer ties to um, the uh, what's that space movie with the family? It's Lost Lost, lost in, space. in Space. Yeah, than it does with. Well, it's, like, it's like Swiss Family Robinson. Kind it's, of. Exactly. Yeah. Than it than it does with a than Spider Man or the Avengers. Anyway, I, I still wow. recommend it. Go watch Logan. Um, it's. If you had to watch Logan or Lego Batman. Which would you recommend? That's a tough question. See, if you had said Logan or John Wick two again, yeah. I would say John Wick two. Yeah. Wow. In, immediately, uh, if Logan or Lego Batman, do you not like Lego Batman? I love Lego Batman. Oh. I watched that with uh, John Wick in the double feature. So, in, in, <laughs> t- in terms of those movies, I <laughs> That's can't a hard like story. weird John Wick feature. two, Lego Batman, Logan. Okay. This seems like an incredible March.
2: Like March is usually not a good month for movies, Jeez. and there's been some real. Stars. The
1: same thing's happening with games too. Like it has been a bananas month for video games. That H- Horizon Zero Dawn is an incredible game. I haven't played it, but I heard, heard um, nothing with good things. Yeah, it, Zelda, which we'll talk about it in length, I'm sure, in a little bit, is is incredible. Um, uh, uh, Neo, the kind of action combat game, is. I haven't played it. It's supposed to be really good. Um, and then there's a Square RPG that's coming out. I think next week. That's also Super
2: duper good. Almost like the content creators knew we needed something to have distractions from in the real world. Well, then I hope they have four years worth. (laughs) (laughs) What else is going on in pop culture?
0: So, uh, speaking of other Marvel uh, stories, cinematic stories, or maybe better told in long form, we have the first reviews for Iron Fist out today. Broke your heart, didn't they? What's Iron Fist? Iron Fist
2: is the last defender. In the Netflix Marvel series, so he's oh. the last character following Luke Cage, with Jessica Jones and Daredevil. So they had a four four character series. Yeah, so the following the Iron Fist will be the, the Defenders, where they all come together. It's, and do it's something the
0: people. Avengers, but this for the streets. And, but for we'll, the for the, salt health kitchen. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. It's all basically some parts of New York, okay. but more importantly, Iron Fist is one of
1: Norm's favorite characters of all time. What is what is? Let me hold on. Let me guess. Iron Fist's power is that he can punch things and his fist doesn't hurt. That's basically it. Close. Yeah, very close. So he's basically a Luke Cage, but only the hand.
2: Yes, it's martial
1: arts, too. Okay. This this sounds like the least compelling of these four characters. Sorry, Norm.
0: Guess what the reviews say?
2: This is the least compelling of the four series. Um. They'd get trashed.
0: In I mean, reviews, I'm so disappointed. I so, think it's like 33 percent Metacritic right now. It's a Netflix show. I mean, the story of Iron Fist is very much the story of like a Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. It's a and combined. I think Doctor Strange combined with um, Iron Man. So it's like m- Eastern meta, meta, mysticism combined with technology. Combined, not technology, but billionaire. Oh, okay. Like a rich guy gets lost. Uh, uh, let's is he say a rich uh, white guy? Yeah, it's a rich white guy. Of course. So maybe um um. Green Arrow. Green Arrow combined yeah. with Doctor Strange. he's He gets lost in the mountains, learns m- the magical the martial arts and the magical arts. Do they use
1: the word spirit quest?
0: They're, they basically goes on a spirit quest. He fights a dragon, hmm. and then he defeats the dragon, and earns the mantra of the Iron I think Fist. that's
2: probably a pretty big spoiler because I'm sure this is going to be like a flashback oh,
0: kind of thing. That's my problem with the Marvel series, Netflix series. They all have the same formula. Where they throw you in, it's a great first two episodes, and then and at, at the end of a cliffhanger at episode three, then they have three episodes of flashback, and this is how they f- get a 10-episode series. Why? Um, so
1: they did two series of Dark Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. They did two series of Jessica Jones. Not the yet. only one. Oh, there's so only one, but there's going to be another one, right? Yep, Yep. presumably. And then Luke Cage. Luke Cage only gets one series?
0: No, no two. all these shows. All these are
1: going to get two series before they make lead. the Defenders? We'll no, not before. We'll oh, see. All yeah. of
0: these, and that's a lot, right? Like Netflix signed a big deal where... And Pun- like they, they—I don't think they—they under- they estimated how successful these shows would be. Originally, when they signed the deal, it was like Daredevil's get one season. All these characters are gonna get like one season, mini series of shine, yeah. and it'll culminate in this big TV event. Yeah. And now it's every one of these characters are becoming their own multi-season shows. Spinoffs are happening where the Punisher is gonna get his own show, spun off of season two of Daredevil. Defenders is its own mini series, and it's at some point, like how do you logistically get all these actors together and, okay. and all these scripts to be good? I mean, they have, this is the same problem that they have with the films now,
1: but on a TV scale. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I think I think everybody was surprised at the reaction to Daredevil. Like I was surprised at the reaction to Daredevil. It was something kind of new. It was really, really violent. It was really shot in an interesting way and people really went bonkers for it. Um, I, I think, and then Jessica Jones came out, it was even better. And, and, like, I don't,
0: I don't think anybody expected that. And if you think about just how much sheer amount of content they're making, if they're doing, and I don't expect them to do, they're not doing five seasons of a show every year. It's not going to be Luke Cage and Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Punisher and Iron Fist and Defenders out every year. They're mm-hmm. going to stagger this stuff out. Like right? two a year is pretty much what they do. Two should, of probably, these, right. Doing. But, like, if you're paying $15 a month for Netflix and you're getting, like, the Marvel TV Cinematic Universe... That's worth that fifteen dollars alone. But now you're also getting House of Cards and Stranger Things and all these random a movies. bunch of kids and, shows and kids' shows yeah. and stand up shows. Like I was that ju- is an unbelievable investment they've put into into their content. I was just content.
2: reflecting on it, like Netflix is still ten bucks, right? Um, it's fi- I think it's fifteen. No, oh. I think it's is it, $10. it's only ten? Yeah, it's wow. only ten. I would just think it went up from it, nine to ten. It's now on a on an equivalent level as HBO, which is fifteen.
1: It's
0: like, more. It's think, more but, content think, than HBO. I get It's more HBO content, for 10 but
1: Comcast,
2: I think. But the idea of like, wh- like, which do you like better, HBO or Netflix? Because HBO puts out some of the best shows on television, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think Netflix is rapidly approaching that, and it's not like the sheer the sheer size of the library is awesome for us because we have kids, and yeah. so we, you know, I use it more than HBO in that regard. But but the HBO the
0: volume of stuff they produce is incredible. Though, it right? is compared to HBO. But HBO a lot is, more. is short. It's it's consistency. HBO has a better batting average. Yeah. I feel like, and still gets House of Cards, Veep. I know House of Cards. Uh, I'm sorry, Veep, John Oliver, and Game of Thrones, and Silicon Valley. All of those, like, are enough to sustain my fifteen dollars a month. Plus, they can do things like um, the Night of. And... Well, and the doc. Like, if you like documentaries, HBO does a really good job of curating mm-hmm. documentaries. Yeah. So. It's going to be tough for a service like CBS All Access to get people to pay however much they want to pay just for access through Big Bang Theory and maybe one new
3: show, Star Trek Discovery.
2: Oh, wait, i got to jump in with one tangent. I saw somebody recut a Big Bang Theory episode with Ricky Gervais as the only laugh track, and it was
0: brilliant. Show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, And... all these streaming services, but Star Trek Discovery is the CBS all-access flagship show. And we finally have some casting news for the captain of the show. I thought they cast thought the leader already. I thought that was supposed to be... It, I thought the show was supposed to be out now. It was supposed to be out, now. It, was to be out now.
2: it was supposed to be out months ago, and mm-hmm. it's been delayed multiple times. So that
0: means it it's not sucked, a, and they just keep reshooting it? No, they don't have a... I don't think they... They stopped production, or they slowed down production because... Um, uh, uh, What's his name? Um, Brian. Brian Fuller uh, Brian left. Brian Fuller, the oh, owner okay. left okay. the show. So I, I bet they have to restructure some of the production. And it only turns out they just cast uh, the co-star for this, one of the leads, Jason Isaacs as the the captain. Who's, whoop. Who's Jason Isaacs? Jason Isaacs played the villain in the Patriot. He's also oh. Lucius Malfoy's father. Oh. Uh, and Draco Malfoy. Yes. No. Right, he was Lucius Lu- he he was, Malfoy. He was, was Lu- 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 yeah, Draco Malfoy's father. I, he's a stern British man. Does he have the white hair? That would be I like a giant super has, straight white wig. I don't think he has the white hair. I
2: don't know about this. This is like the same thing as like when you see Sean Bean in a heroic role as opposed to a villainous role. How do you feel about that? The
1: secret of Star Trek captain casting is that you never feel good about it at the moment, but it's usually the right person except when it's the guy from Quantum Leap. <laughs> that was more of a Actually I thought Scott Bakula was not the worst thing In that I, show I, In fairness I watched one episode of that And when they got to the decontamination gel I was like okay I know what this is I'm good
3: I thought
2: the woman from Walking Dead Was going to be the captain
0: And I think she's not the captain but she's the lead oh. I think the is going to be about her But the captain will not be the lead Which is an interesting take I mean all the Star Trek shows The recent ones have been ensemble ensemble pieces Yeah uh, no one in DS9 was the main character they well the main character shifted around like each season was about a different person's arc kind of right and and when you're doing 26 episodes a season yeah. you had to give everyone some type of story uh i don't i didn't really watch enterprise but i don't know if that was was that was that the Ar- archer's show no right yeah i like archer no i'm just though. saying no, no. archer's no, pretty no. good no
3: no <laughs> no no
1: Okay, um <laughs> he's a spy, but he's uh, kind of a jerk and then he's not really a spy. No. It's great. He loves Gator. I do like the idea of an Archer Star Trek crossover. That would be amazing.
2: Who would the mom be? Like the voice of the computer? No, no. Yes. come on. she would just nag the shit out of everyone. I mean no, from, she,
1: uh, she'd be the beta counselor
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: she, she, she Maybe she's just the captain's mom. Okay,
2: I think we got to go to tech. Oh.
1: Hey, hey Norm, I have a Logan question. Yep. Is this the end of of
0: Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? He said he was going to retire after this film. Okay. He was was happy with how it ended. Uh, Same with. Patrick Stewart Patrick, is yeah. retiring from Professor X in this film. It seems right. That's are that both kinda right. old.
2: Yeah. They've been doing it for like
1: twenty, 20 years. years, yeah. It was ninety seven when or ninety it was two thousand when X Men One came out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, almost I, twenty years. I saw that the week I moved to San Francisco, actually, at the Metreon,
0: which was yeah. new and shiny then. They uh those they we've grown up with those characters. All right, technology news. Well, the one big piece of technology we're not gonna get to what we've been testing, save us for what we've been testing, is Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch is out. Oh nice. Mm. Nice, can I record mm. that? I want that uh, Jeremy this, has the uh, audio of it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Will, you have a Nintendo Switch? I have a Nintendo Switch. I have one in my hands right now. I
1: I was real up and down on that pre-order until the Breath of the Wild reviews started coming out and then I was like, okay, I'm probably gonna get this. I think there was oh, a, so you a message. No, I I had a
0: pre-order. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna cancel. But I was gonna cancel. But you could have sold it. They're sold
1: out everywhere. I mean that's fine. But I'm realistically I'll say I'm gonna sell it and then put it in the back of my car and it'll pull out in three months. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> um sure, you you shared a, a picture. When the rest, when the Breath of the Wild reviews came out, it was ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out of ten, and he said you might have been, you might have to eat some crow this week.
2: I I might, we're gonna we're gonna see, but also
0: so, there's there's an undercurrent too. Yes. So let's so we'll see. talk about the hardware first, right? Um, we, none of us had gotten early access to a Switch, so we got this basically release day. Uh, it works as advertised. So I did. You had a Wii U, Will? Yeah. The screen size of the Switch and the Wii U are the same size, 6.2 inches. But yeah. to me, the Switch feel, feels like a bigger screen, smaller device.
1: Um, it, I mean there's less bezel for sure it's it's a little bit i actually like the way the Wii U kind of fits folds contoured on yeah because uh, it's, it's a little bit it's a, you know there's a little bit less finger action on holding it but it's this is this but is the a, Wii U is heavier though know it, mine kind that? of doesn't matter because because okay. it, it's it has it has like knurled grips on the sides mm-hmm. can, not knurled but it has big chunky grips you can grab onto and like like it's comfortable in my hands. My kid can hold it. It's all good. I
0: feel it's a little scary having a four-year-old holding this thing because it's a lot less fragile. Like a lot less ergonomic. Yeah. So the actual device, which the big difference is that there is no set-top console split off from the screen. It is all one thing. It's what is people it, thought the Wii U was. It is essentially right when 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 yeah. when lay people came over and picked up the Wii U screen. They thought that it was all running, but it was all yep. streaming. It was all being coded and sent over 720p to that screen. Here it's all being rendered locally, and I, it essentially it's a tablet. I don't even think it's 720p on the Wii U. I no, think it's, it's lower it's than 720 p Yeah, it's somewhere between 480 and 720. Mm. Well, here is a. It's essentially it's a ARM-based tablet. Mm-hmm. It runs on the NVIDIA the Tegra X1, which has been in devices like the Google Pixel C tablet. Uh, it's been in uh, the NVIDIA Shield TV device. Um, so it's been around. It's an old chip, like it's, a. It's a newer version of an old chip, like is is it in the current Shield tablet or is, it a, is that one newer? Uh, the sh- current Shield TV, I believe, has the same as okay. the Tegra X1. Okay. So, so, my skepticism with the Switch was that were well, we basically going to get games that look like mobile games mm-hmm. on this? Uh, and so, especially when they announced that Breath of the Wild would come out on Wii U simultaneously as the Switch, like was Breath of the Wild going to look like just like a game you could play on your iPad or a game you could play on your Shield? And to some extent yeah it it it's not it's like xbox three sixty graphics i mean that's that's essentially what the Wii...
1: the Wii was a little bit of like an underpowered xbox three sixty It's a rough analogy
0: and and that's i think that's but that's fine um and it's it's a tablet it's a touch screen it's it's a nice capacitive touchscreen, it's a little thicker than a tablet. it's small, the battery's in there um it's got, it it's got like,
1: active cooling though, which is unusual for
3: a tablet yeah,
0: so it's a little thicker than than your iPad. Uh, would be, um, but there is a, a exhaust on the top. You can actually see the uh, the copper cooling, uh, the heat pipe in there. Um, it has cartridges, and it it does it does as advertised. Plays those games.
2: Does it does it get hot even with
0: the active so, act cooling? So it when it's in the dock, it gets warm. Like the fan
1: cranks up sometimes when you're when you're playing games the i left it in my bag in my laptop sleeve and it got turned on accidentally and got hot as shit in oh, there really. with the fan going full speed and everything but mm. it cooled down in like 2 minutes and didn't seem to be any permanent damage
0: yeah so the, the the big like the innovation if you call it that is that the controllers are wireless or locked in well they i think they're still wireless even when they're locked in are you sure about that I think
1: that they charge, but I don't think that there's a data connection because I I had read reports of people saying they had connectivity problems while it was actually in the
0: I'd, I I don't think thing. that's the case because you can turn on airplane mode which turns off Bluetooth Oh really and then you can still play the game when it's plugged in but not when it's attached.
1: There's no there doesn't look it doesn't look like there's any kind of physical connection though Norm Hmm Like I don't I don't see how it would connect I mean it has to charge somehow Well I mean it can charge on the metal there's two pieces there's two pieces of metal on the edges here I, I don't know I'm interested I didn't read any of the teardowns of this yet so it looked like a nightmare to tear down um the they like saying it's just a tablet is a little bit is a little bit weird in the but, form factor yeah the, I mean but they did things like like there's ported speakers on the bottom of the front right. So it, the sound is actually good. You don't have to use headphones with it, like I tend to do with my tablet. If I'm if I'm playing games on the airplane, I mean, obviously if I'm playing games on the airplane. If I'm laying in bed playing games on the iPad, I usually want to put headphones. And on. And it so sounds decent. Sound. Yeah, it sounds okay. Mm-hmm. So um, no, it, gets, ab- it gets
0: plenty loud enough. There mm-hmm. absolutely is, um, is a, a connection because I have an airplane mode, and if you take the Joy-Con and, out, yeah, it says attach the Joy-Con and controls to the console. The Joy-Con cannot be used wirelessly when airplane mode is enabled. Oh, okay. Good so, to know. We it, talked about that on Giant Bomb yesterday, and they weren't sure. So yeah, um, the JoyCons work uh, ergonomically. It is a less ergonomic Wii, Wii U tablet. There's
1: a there's a like a, as with many handheld devices, you find the way that you want to hold it. I know you were a big proponent of like the pinky grip for a mm-hmm. long time on for your that, phones. For phones. Yeah, um, I I find that I kind of tuck this into the palm of my hand and let my middle finger float the back of it, basically.
0: If you're, I think if you're used to holding and gripping contoured controllers, actual, and they do sell like a pro mm-hmm. controller, just gripping with the the bottom, the curved part of the switch, the joy cons, pressed into the cup of your hand, but trying to hit those two shoulder buttons, that's where it gets awkward for me.
1: I see. I don't have a problem. the The thing, so I haven't noticed that. I have had it's not it's not as comfortable as, like I said, the Wii U or something like that. And you still have to put your hands in that not not entirely healthy, not neutral position where your wrists are bent up a little bit and all that stuff. The thing that I love is that I can take the Joy Cons off, put the straps on, and just hold them independent when I'm playing on the T V. You can literally And I can just play it's like having one of those split keyboards that you put on either side of your either side of your chair. You
0: could play it just like leaning back, just like Well, you can get in the most <laughs> you can get
1: in the perfect neutral wrist position. They're not too really
2: dainty. You can play it lying down, holding them like that.
1: No, they're they're fine. You get used to it really quickly. Okay. It's it's um I mean here, you can try. The the other thing the thing that bums me out is that there's because the Joy-Cons each serve as a standalone kind of controller. Uh, one one P stick plus four button plus mm-hmm. two shoulder buttons controller. Yeah. There's no good D-pad on this thing. So if you want to play games that need a D-pad, which are a little bit limited in 2017, you you need to get
0: the Pro controller. Right. It only has a thumbstick. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are a separate accessories. So in the box you actually get a lot of stuff. There's yeah. the the you get the fact that you get two actual separate controllers for multiplayer in one package like there's no console that sells that today they haven't done that since the nes i don't th- maybe the snes you got two. yeah it's snes you got two. um but they're basically two wii original wii controllers Kind with, of, yeah. With, um, well, with the pad, with an analog stick instead of the D pad, right. And with it, with no nunchuck, it's, And it's, with it's, more buttons, yeah. exactly. But like, the functionality of it being a motion controller mm-hmm. that you can aim, or you can use as a, as a as a horizontal controller. But you get two of those, and then you also get a dock, which you get one power cable, so it's USB C power mm-hmm. and for video, and that gets plugged into the dock or for charging on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also get these like, weird adapters that you plug in the top of the Joy Cons to make the shoulder buttons more prominent.
1: They're called uh, Joy Con straps, right? Is the but name. But you can't charge with those. You can't charge with these on. There's also the the thing that makes the two Joy Cons into a relatively traditional gamepad.
0: Yeah, and I thought actually it was comfortable. I like playing it's, with. It's that. not bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's merely a a bracket with uh with lights that tells you um that they're connected in the same controller. Mm-hmm. It makes it easy to hold.
2: You don't yeah. feel like people are going to lose the little straps? Almost
0: certainly. Yeah.
1: They're $6. Oh, no. those, okay. Yeah. That's, oh, that's not bad. I, I thought you needed to buy those, so I bought an extra set. So if anybody needs extra Joy-Con straps, uh, oh. I'm going to send them back to Amazon tomorrow. And they have the shoulder buttons. They have they, the shoulder buttons. Right, to they, make those easier to use. They make it a little bit easier to hold on to. Um, the Joy-Cons and the tablet all have accelerometers and gyroscopes. Um, what the, do you feel about the haptics? I, I haven't actually played anything that uses the haptics because I don't have one-two switch. So the the like the the thing about the using the Joy-Cons as two player controllers is okay if you're just kind of playing the kind of games that you that you might play with a bunch of people around a TV but if I wanted to play something that I was wanted to be competitive at mm-hmm. they're probably not a great solution for that. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't play Samurai Gun for Blood in, in that kind of or situation. Or whenever,
0: you know, S- Super Smash Bros. comes out for this, you're going to want the Pro controller, You're
1: gonna probably. You're probably going to go get a, some sort of weird gamepad adapter because Super Smash Brothers people yeah. are a little bit crazy. They're,
0: they're Bluetooth, but can you use a third-party Bluetooth controller with this? Doesn't see, there's no way to
1: pair a Bluetooth device with it. I can't even pair Bluetooth headphones with it. You, you cannot iPhone. pair no. Bluetooth no. headphones. No, it's that only same.
0: audio jack, 3.5-millimeter uh, jack. the opposite of your iPhone 7 problem. Wow. Yeah. That's bizarre, I mean it's, it's even though form factor wise it is essentially a tablet running a tablet piece of hardware uh-huh. there is no tablet functionality you can't pair bluetooth headphones you have you can't uh there are no apps, it's just games from the e store yeah uh, you have we'll see a limited web browser to sign into internet mm-hmm. if on in hotels, but you can't browse you can't watch stream youtube do um, you the- think I think
1: Nintendo had problems with YouTube being the vector that that they're platform was rooted in the past and maybe they're a little skittish about it this time. Oh. You think it's just Wall Garden for now and they're going to open it up later? I mean, it's never going to get open. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be an app store.
0: But but they but do will... you want, like, is this device like, okay, we're, we're there are a couple different p- markets for Switch, right? There's you and me which we have devices, we have laptops, we're we have phones, okay. Yeah. we're okay. But also the Switches for a family who's buying this for their kid like, it could be their iPad re- replacement. And would you want them to have a, a streaming service thing like Disney XD on this? Like, and
1: be able to watch I'd, video. Look, I if I could go back in time to a time when Disney XD was not on my Apple TV and we did not know as a family that it existed, I would happily do that. Um, so, you think keep, Nintendo's smart to keep it a game focused device? I don't. I don't long term probably no i feel like this was a really really fast
0: launch if like you think about when we first started hearing about this about a year and a half ago but the difference between fast launch when and definitely from announcement to release short short as hell. Okay. but for de- product development how long has it actually been with the, with the the patent leaks and the I mean, speculation. Look, that the NX name has been around for so long. Hardware they've been working on,
1: like the hardware development cycle is is five to ten years, and we only hear about the last two years of it usually. The 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 thing I'm talking about is getting it in hands of third party developers so they can build apps, or even internal developers so they can build apps for it, if they even want those kinds of apps on it. Is is a, you know it's a time consuming process, and it and it takes a while. And when they mess it up, then the consequences are really bad. If you look at what this thing launched with, if you look at what they sent to reviewers and then you look at the day one patch, like basically it has a friends list and some parental controls and that's pretty much it, right? There's no there's nothing really you can do with the friends list. You can create and edit a me and that I think that's all that's that's really all that there is there. And like you can't even take save games off of it, which if right. you want
0: to talk about things that are problematic, especially not, if people are possibly in, yeah. in launch window returning their switches or or if they have any problems your save games are locked up to the system.
1: Well, or if you, yeah, you, so you can't copy them to the SD card. Uh, you can plug it. So storage for the device is thirty-two gigs built-in, which is uh, paltry. But you can get. I think I bought a hundred twenty-eight gig card for like twenty-five dollars. You don't need high-speed one? Um, high-speed. I, I bought. I bought a fast one. I don't know if it makes makes any difference at all. There's like very little
2: difference in price these days
1: between. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, and and. Uh, like download speeds were fast on the game, so I bought. I only, I've only bought Breath of the Wind Wild now, Um but I was pleasantly surprised by that because Nintendo has not been great at download speeds in the past. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I How don't. Big did that game take up? How it's much space? Like Twelve gigs, thirteen gigs
0: installed. I think it was a six gig download. Oh, that's not bad. So, like, you it's the full price with the. Um, the smart thing. I mean, I, I bought via Amazon because Prime users get ten bucks off. Yeah. So twenty percent. Twenty percent off. so twenty yeah, percent I like. I like. Getting, I mean, and having the cartridge is nice. It not, tastes bitter. You have the cartridge. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're yeah. gonna talk about
1: that.
0: I tasted yeah. it. it. It
1: tastes awful.
2: Yeah. Oh, we gotta. Do you have a cartridge? I haven't licked a cartridge yet. Would, Would you, you like just... to lick my Zelda cartridge? Yeah, I will. I'll do it if, if you have. I'll do it saved, in the science don't, minute. Don't eject okay. it yet. Right. Um, the
1: uh, I I like. I'm I'm overall. I'm really impressed with the hardware. I feel like it's not as sturdy as Nintendo handheld stuff usually is, but it kind of splits the difference pretty well for an adult console and a kid console. If you have a kid that has like a two DS because you were afraid they were going to break a three DS, this is not the console for them. Like I, my daughter, hand fisted around, and I'm constantly afraid she's going to drop it because I think if you drop on the on the Joy Cons, they're just going to explode off. Basically, I think that um, because of the plastic to metal,
0: basically, yeah. There, there's this weird balance. It, I don't know the expectation when people buy game consoles like portable game consoles. PSP fe- felt like. A nice piece of electronics, like it was, it was shiny. Yeah. It, it was, but most Nintendo consoles or handheld consoles, from the Game Boy to even the DS, the original DS, mm-hmm. even the DS Lite, feel like plasticky toys. They felt like old iPods, um, like the plas- white plastic iPods, kind of. But even not- even even less polished than that. I think if you look at other consumer electronics in the phone space, in the in the high end smartphone space, in the three hundred dollar like uh, Android phone, or even iPhone, space, or even iPad. Um, there's a nice balance here, I think, between a thing that feels like a toy, and, and but feels much better than like the original DS. So,
1: so uh, yeah, I mean, like original DS is a low point for Nintendo industrial design. I think the DS Lite is probably is pretty good. The the three DS XL and new three DS XL. Mm. Actually, the three DS in general was pretty good. Um, I I just I I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how this thing evolves, right? Like if you look at it, there's some weird choices made. So they did all this work on parental control. So you can you set up an app on your phone, you connect your switch to the app, and then you can say, Okay, I wanna only let my kid play forty five minutes of games each on weekdays, and they can play two hours on weekends, and they have to go to bed by eight o'clock, and if they go past the time limits, I want you to just turn the machine off, right? Or send me a notification. Which is consistent with what like Amazon's done with the fires, Right. right. Would, and and just to be clear, Amazon does the best parental controls I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Uh, compared to that Apple, Samsung, everybody else, Android in general is kind of hot garbage. Um, but they made this machine specific. I mean, so it's not tied to an account on the machine that you can like type a PIN code or something to switch from your account to their account. It's as if Nintendo didn't think that a parent and a child would maybe share the same $300 console when it came out. And, and so, like, every time I want to play a,
0: a game with blood, Zelda, I have to put my PIN code in, which and, is sucks. It's and this lame. is also a device meant to be shared. You create multiple accounts. Yeah. It's part of the normal setup process. The fact that there's two of these controllers, it is a buy one for the household, not buy one for each well, kid. I, I mean, eventually it's going to be a buy one for each kid because we know what happens to prices on tablet hardware, right? This, this, this machine will not cost $300 in two years. Sure, and, and I mean it's also already a year and a half old hardware. Yeah, um, there's nothing stopping Nintendo from doing a fancier version later.
2: And for right. the pure multiplayer experience in a house with multiple you mean the kids. couch multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean it's great. It's unfortunate they kind of launched without one of those games. I mean One Two Switch could have been that. Like it, it seems like for I haven't played it, but from what everybody I've talked to, it sounds Should like. Or or ten bucks or twenty bucks
0: like I would have paid twenty bucks yeah, for not it not forty bucks Wait, so what is like it's fifty let, bucks Let's talk about the games fifty bucks part. Yeah. forty off on Amazon
2: yeah We should talk about the games Are you disappointed with the launch because well, which we're, is pretty much Zelda and one two We're Switch, less than right?
0: one week we're, to be clear We are fewer Four, than five days a week from seven days into launch the the games that it did come out with Zelda one two Switch Bomberman and some of the stuff you can download No one has exhausted that yet.
1: Yeah, Zelda's a forty-hour,
0: thirty or forty-hour. If you if you bust ass through it, it's but it's fun. also fair to say that at launch right now, it is a Zelda playing device. You are buying a three hundred and sixty dollars plus tax Zelda playing machine, um, where if you had the Wii U, you could have the same experience by just buying Zelda. I, I mean I would say that Shovel Knight is probably a pretty exceptional
1: game that's been released on every platform known to man, and and um it, it really benefits from a D pad okay so it, like that's a, maybe not a great
0: great and that's example. a side scroller
1: yeah it's a it's an nes it's it's literally made with the limitations of the nes platform in mind so like it uses the same kind of color palette restrictions mm-hmm. and stuff like that and it's very reminiscent of zelda 2 the adventure of link um, um in, a, in a positive way there's a couple of other interesting things like snipper clips is, is this a neat kind of puzzle game it's not suitable for kids like i would have loved to see towerfall or samurai gun or Nidhog or any of those. Nidhogg with the Joy-Cons like,
3: would be yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, with the Joy-Cons would totally
3: work.
0: Yeah, especially since, uh, like, once you switch, l- low latency is one of the, the selling points of this. A lot yeah. of the 1-2-Switch games require really, really fast response times. Um, so, yeah, someone out there make Nidhog or an equivalent game for, for Switch. I mean, yeah. it, it's so early to say whether this would be worth it, but if it ended up being a $300 console and maybe cheaper in, in a year or two... Um, that you play just the first-party titles, and who knows how good you know uh, the new Mario um, game is going to be. But Mario Kart and the things you know they're going to get out on a mar- on a on their flagship console. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I mean, look, that's
1: I buy every Nintendo platform with the exception that it's basically a first-party game plus some weird shit. I I would have loved to see some Professor Layton or Phoenix Wright or. Um, Etrian Odyssey, or some you know some of the some of the kind of classic handheld games that you don't get to play on a TV usually. Monster Hunter is another like that. We'll see a Monster Hunter
0: for this at some point. It'll that'll be interesting. The 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 best thing is, and one of the reasons I think that this is now the best selling in console uh, initial launch window console of all time for Nintendo. I think they said I, outsold the Wii. Th- that was there, there. were some real
1: like Reggie said in a New York Times article that it was. The fastest three days that they've ever had, or something like that. And if you think about how supply constrained the Wii was when they launched that, so and it's still supply constrained for the Switch. Not the same way. You can't go out and buy one.
2: No, the Wii was was normal you, you, could, the Wii you was could. go
1: to the store on on Friday morning and buy a Switch, and you could not get a Wii if you didn't. Pre-order yeah, there are fights over the Wii. Like, right.
0: The Wii was out of stock until the next August or something. Granted, this is not a culture as much as an immediate yeah. cultural phenomenon as the Wii. It's not as novel. But the thing that makes the Switch novel is so much of an immediate benefit and practical benefit than the things that made the 3DS novel, the thing that made the Wii U novel. or, or And maybe the Wii It wasn't a practical benefit, but it was a new, it was a novel benefit. That ended up being useful. Uh, but the Switch, it being the one console you're going to buy for desk, uh, your set-top and mobile, and also multiplayer in one, in one box, that's a great value proposition. I mean, if you're looking at that versus a
1: PS4 Pro or even a PS4 Slim, then then yeah. I mean, I, I think... I, I think Look, part of the reason the Wii was out of stock for so long was it was one of the first things that used accelerometers, right? Like silicon accelerometers. And those were hard to come by in 2007 when the Wii came out, I guess. Um, it, It's it's like this is... The, the thing that they did that's smart here is that everything that's in this... With the exception of like the mechanical interface design of the Joy Cons and stuff like that, is is relatively easy to produce, so they shouldn't have like we shouldn't be sitting here in November talking about how hard it is to find a Switch for Christmas. Well, but yeah, they launched it in March too.
2: Right. They will have missed a huge opportunity because we're right in the lull between the other systems. are not know.
1: really though cuz Scorpio is coming out this year and PS4 Pro just came but those out. Are high so. ends. Well,
2: but PS4 Pro is is not the same as like a new system. That's just a, a that's a, like a point 0.5. I
0: it, mean, it's it's okay. It's really on Microsoft to screw up the Scorpio. I, yeah. I, I
1: think I think the I think the the fundamental thing that's changing with consoles is that the console business is changing to the point that we're not going to have I I don't think we're going to see Jumps that break compatibility with old games anymore. I think we'll see games that maybe don't support really old hardware in the future. You know, original Xbox One, original first release Xbox One pre Scorpio. In five years, we won't see, but I think you'll be able to take your copy of um, I don't know Halo Five and play it on an Xbox One forever and ever. Amen. Um, and and right. I think that this is a representative of that as well. I think that this is a Nintendo's bet on that as well because. Look, N- N- NVIDIA is going to keep making new Tegra chips, and it should be relatively straightforward to port that stuff forward, and make the resolutions better, make the screen better, make the industrial design on the on the interface between the hardware and the and the
0: the controllers and the tablet better. Some pain points for early adopters: uh, one, some people are getting dead pixels on their LCDs. Nintendo has come out and said that sorry, this some of this is normal, and if anyone has bought a big high resolution monitor, knows it's unfortunate, but you can only get. The, you can only have the manufacturer be at fault if it's a certain percentage of dead pixels. So if you have like one dead pixel on your switch, you might be stuck with it. And if, it might be a stuck pixel, but I don't know if there's anything you can currently run on the switch to see if you can cycle out and unstick, unstick it. that pixel. You need a web browser. Yeah, I mean
1: you can. People have gotten into the web browser by using by kind of gaming
0: the Wi-Fi connection stuff, and and that there are web tools that will let you do that. Uh, two, the kickstand sucks. Yeah. Uh, it is a the, the terrible angle, and if you have a 3D printer, you can go to Thingiverse right now and 3D print a better stand Ooh. for it at, a de- at three different angles, I believe. Uh, we have a video going out later today, of all things... Um, Everything, if everything works properly. Uh, we made our kickstands uh, with a laser cut design, and we'll be releasing those files as well uh, for a much more comfortable 45-degree angle It's like they kickstand. never used the first Surface. And also, h- hello, the charging port. So USB-C, great because it's reversible, uh, but one of the issues that because it's reversible is um, that the dock, but you know which, which direction to put it in. You want to put it in with the screen facing out. The screen is plastic, so maybe get a screen protector. I really hate screen protectors. I'm conflicted here. I
1: like that they did a plastic screen because it means that when my four-year-old drops it, it's less likely to the the expensive part of it is less likely to explode. It would scuff, not crack. Yeah, I mean, look, if I have to choose between cracks and scratches, I'll take scratches because and and there are a lot of third-party glass screen protectors out there now. There, people are complaining about scratches on the on the front of the device. It seems like there's conflicting reports about that stuff. You know. I I did watch my daughter jam mine in backwards and was like, oh, God, this is how it gets scratches. And Did you get a screen th- protector? I did not get a screen protector. I think I might get one of those glass ones, though, because you can get a piece of glass that you basically stick on the front, and that seems like it I would know. be the best of both worlds.
0: I, I I'm going to research and see what the, the best option is and, and get one attached. Um also when you use the kickstand, you can't charge it because it blocks the USB charging port. So I'll elevate it. In Japan they sell an accessory that's like a little a little stand. It's like
1: it holds it up a couple inches so you can put it on that while you like you're, an official accessory or an official oh accessory. My goodness. Wow. That's, that's bad. Design. They they also have the equivalent of a smart cover. So that it hooks on the top somewhere and then kind of flips over. To cover the glass when you put it in your bag, which I would love to have. Like that Yeah, like that'd be that like a kid's like, cover, basically. Yeah. Or for me to chuck it in my yeah. in my bag. Hmm. All right. Um we, should we talk about the, can we talk about the Japanese store real quick? Sure it's cool. Sure. And people yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. about it. Yeah. It's super, super easy to set up a Japanese account on your Switch. You basically go to Nintendo, create a new Nintendo account with you can use your same email address. If it's Gmail, you can put a dot in there or whatever, and it'll you know, it'll show up to Nintendo as a separate email address.
0: Wait, this is on the, on the website or? So first you go to
1: their website. Nintendo's Japanese website. No, you can go to the U.S. website. Oh. When you create the account, it says what region do you live in? You, and it usually it defaults to America because that's where your IP address says. You just change it to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then log create a new account on the Switch after you've confirmed that account and log into that Nintendo account and you'll have access to the Japanese store where you can download Japanese demos. Um, but can you play it then? You can only play with that account? Okay. So you once it's on the machine, you can play it with whichever account you want. Fantastic. I'll have oh, Japanese Norm download yeah.
0: all my. All I have, the new games. I
1: have Japan Will downloading games. Uh, you can't use – before you put your credit card in in America, make sure you don't have international transaction fees because a lot of U.S. credit cards will charge you extra on top of the conversion fee like $20. So don't do that. Uh, I have been told by video game experts at GiantBomb.com – that there are sites that you can go to that they will scratch off the Japanese points cards and you can give them American cash money for that that won't invoke American transaction fee or, or international transaction fees. Uh, but there are also several demos. Like you can download a demo for Poyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, there are guides online that tell you how to, you know, which buttons to press to get to the game mode that you want. And if it's a game like I think Blaster Master had an an English translation already built in, it detects that your console is an English console and will play the English version if there is an English version when you buy from the Japanese store. So it's super easy to import Japanese games. Are
0: the demos time-based? Are they just level-based? I haven't. um,
1: It's really hard to say because I don't really speak or read Japanese at all. And both of the games that have demos right now, uh, Dungeon Dragon Heroes, and uh puyo puyo tetris are full kanji.
0: Will you want in on this uh this this uh Nintendo Switch tempered glass screen protector? You got was two pack yeah, 11 I'll, bucks? I'll, I'll I'll give you a 550 for it. All right. Are you guys both
2: happy with your choice of design? You didn't want the colored one? I would have gotten the they color one. if would have it. the color.
0: After seeing the photos and I like the and, and after using the gray one, I wish I got the red and blue brad brad told me that so when you buy the handheld
1: the standalone controllers they're reversed so on when you order it you get red red on one side and blue on the other it's always the same when you buy the standalone controllers which like if we want to talk about what the what the big knock against this thing is the accessories are crazy expensive
0: yeah 70 bucks for two extra joy cons yeah
1: the charging dock is like 40 bucks the pro controller was 60 or 70 dollars but Pro Controller is really good. It has an NFC dongle. It has all the accelerometers and gyroscopes and stuff in it. And it feels really comfortable. It's nice to use. But but damn, that is an expensive gamepad.
2: Hopefully, it'll come down in price just it's like the nev- console n- will. Nintendo shit never comes down in price. Well, the console will. I mean, the yeah. device will. Yeah. But I don't...
1: Yeah. The Joy-Cons, I was shocked at how expensive they are for, for kind of what you... Like, If you have three kids, it would make sense to buy a second set of Joy-Cons. But otherwise, maybe skip that.
2: All right. And Thank there's you.
1: no real way to charge them either without buying the charging the charging
0: Joy-Con pad. I think that is it for yeah. our Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Coverage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll continue on with GDC coverage last week. Will did you get to go to the second half of GDC? Did mm-hmm. you get to walk around the floor, see any demos, play anything? What were things that stuck out for you? I one of my favorite um, parts of GDC, there's now
1: like four or five kind of indie game sections there's a uh, mild rumpus which is i don't know who does that but it's uh i think it might be brandon boyer it's um it's uh like they had a different crop of indie games there every day i think my favorite that i played there was um uh, uh tumble seed which is from some of the folks that made threes and it's a it's a kind of roguelike platformer thing where you have a bar that goes across the screen the left stick controls how high the right side of the bar, how fast the right side of the bar goes. The left stick controls how fast the left side of the, like the the thing on. Basically, there's two points, and pushing the left stick makes the point on the right go up. Pushing
3: the,
1: pushing the left stick makes the point on the left go up. Pushing the right stick makes the point on the right go up. And there's a bar rested between them, and you have to roll this seed across uh, essentially a maze while it's on this bar. And it's it's a uh, uh, so the game is different every time. Uh, it's really really I'm doing a terrible job explaining. It. It's a lovely game and everybody should play it when it's out
2: I'll put a link to the preview on the show notes
1: Yeah, if you if you watch a video for like three seconds, you'll understand exactly how the game works and it, it's it's uh, I, I expect to spend a lot of time on when it's out. I also um, Went to the alt control GDC, which is where all the people that hack hardware into games mm. uh, uh, play stuff I played this game called um, oh, I gotta look at the name I, uh, uh something Brian uh, da, 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 da. super Brian uh, it's a ball tracking like ski ball type game so you have two little balls you throw them down a, a, a track and when the balls go into the machine there's cameras that detect their velocity and and um, and direction and then the, the physical balls turn into digital balls on the screen and they kind of bounce through this maze oh that's cool it's really really cool Um, And is it pretty seamless, like that transition? It is. It it was flawless. It was really, really well done. Um, I think that was a French team that made that. I also played a game that I didn't write the name down, but it's it's kind of one of those, uh, it's kind of like the Resistance or Werewolf or one of those games where you kind of have to deduce who the bad Mm -hmm. people are and who the good people are, where you were in an elevator with the same six people every day, five or six people every day. And... Some people wanted to send you to the wrong floor. Some people wanted to send you, some people wanted to go to the right floor. And basically, one person's job was to press the buttons on the elevator and then the game would tell you whether you had done well or not. Um, oh, wow. It was, it was really clever and really well done and kind of gave you that werewolf type game without having a mediator.
2: How about you, Norm? How, how what did you and Jeremy end up doing the so second we, half?
0: So, we went back and on Thursday and did a bunch of demos. So, Valve had a whole, um, um it wasn't a booth, but it was a whole room, almost a ballroom, set up where they have many booths. And it wasn't for them to show off any of the things that they were working on, but really a space so that indie game developers could show off their games and and get a lot of times throughout the week. So they would have, they would be, you know, on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, certain hours being, being able to set up their own appointments without having to buy booth space. And so we saw a lot of HTC Vive uh, games. Um, we start, kicked off the day with uh, visiting Servios. They made Raw Data, which is a multiplayer, like, uh, horde mode robot killing robot game. Robot murdering, yeah. Yeah, and their next game is not about robot killing and has a interesting new locomotion mechanic. It's called Sprint Vector. It's a racing game hmm. in hmm. VR, multiplayer racing game. Um, and uh, it combines, like, four different locomotion mechanics to get you to race, hmm. um, including. Um, moving your hands like forward and down, like uh, more like more like you uh, skating or your uh, uh, like a... skiing. Oh, okay, like cross-country okay. skiing. So if, imagine if your hands, if the sticks, the the HTC Vive controllers were the tops of ski poles, and you're moving them and pressing the button down, and then using it to propel yourself forward in ski. Oh. Uh, and then you can move left and right physically because it's room scale. And then they combine that mechanic with jumping by pressing a button and vaulting yourself, which some games Hmm. have done. Combining that with climbing, so there are obstacles for you to climb and vault yourself up and climb, and then also a flying mechanic where you hold your arms out and then fly. And so Hmm. you combine all four of those at high speed in a a race environment. How how was the comfort? So uh, after Jeremy used it, he said he definitely felt a little bit woozy. I felt like if I planted my feet down... It was a little bit of a catch too because I wanted to plant my feet down so that I would not get woozy. And yeah. once I get my, hit my stride, it was really comfortable. It was really fun to move really quickly, especially running to a jump, to a vault, to a climbing, and then to a gliding. Um, those things were really natural. But then because it was room scale and there were parts of the map where they had obstacles that you had to literally duck under or sidestep as you're moving at the high, high speeds, that's where I didn't feel like it was perfectly done. Um, and they kept it v- fairly linear, so it was always moving forward. You didn't have to turn and 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 curve around. Did it feel Did it feel like you were doing parkour? Yeah. Okay. It felt like the parkour, but like v- vaulting, like very much like a Spider Man without the web slinging. Oh, okay. Where you you can like you're running really fast and you can grab onto a wall and then really launch yourself up in the air and then grab and launch. So like the the things we loved about, for example, the the Lone Echo mm-hmm. Oculus demo. Um, with the with lateral movement to climbing or even climby um, but in this case with gravity and moving very fast like windlands but in a racing environment um, and that was just a very early stage part of their game so mm. that, they haven't said anything about release dates but multiplayer for sure that was a lot of fun um, I played one
1: of the, the the new Arizona Sunshine Horde map mm-hmm. which is set in a dark cave you have to find a flashlight it was very oh, scary no. Like the zombies were all up in my business, and I was they they had unlimited ammo on, which I think was good for the demo and made me not wet my pants while I was playing, but it was scary and and fun. I can't handle any of the horror games right now it was it was um i don't like i I don't like horror games it turns out this is what I've realized about myself
0: well that one it was the the, the loveliest show, and I did it as well it was set in the dark, mm-hmm. so you had to use a to find the flashlight yeah use the flashlight, and it really lets you um hold do, do the like the, the, the cop pose we have the one it, one hand one, yeah. yeah the one hand with the flashlight out and then one hand with your pistol out
3: uh,
0: but it's but it's best if you'd played it multiplayer I think yeah, yeah and they, I don't think they had it
1: set up for multiplayer. It, it was, that was the first time I got to use the new Vive head strap though which mm. was f- terrific
0: yeah yeah the Vive head strap had, uh, at the Vive booth uh, the the um, valve booth it was all the oh headsets were with the Vive Head strap, the new one, the deluxe audio strap, which is hundred bucks. Uh, the only thing it doesn't allow, I realize after a second time using it at GDC, is it doesn't let you r- tilt the screen, tilt the, the headset. The Vive kind of doesn't ever let you tilt the screen, right? Though, because and only the Oculus does, because the Oculus or has, has the screen. PSVR, you can tilt it a little bit. Lets you slide it forward and back. It doesn't oh you right, I guess you, I guess you tilt it by adjusting your head, the ring on your head. Yeah, and the Oculus that you tilt because it's on there is on a, a spinning yeah. axes right there, uh, and the Vive because it is still a strap, like it's not it's while well, it's more rigid, but it's still holding from the back, cupping from the bottom, of the back of your head to the yeah. front of your face. It's comfortable. Um, it doesn't let you adjust. The angle of the screen to your eyes. If you wanted to adjust that for focus reasons, uh, I did get to use though the LG HMD Ooh, prototype, wow. and it was quite adventurous. You try guys put to out a video there. on that already. Right? We did, yeah. And uh, was it set up in a hotel room or something someplace? Or it was, were they the it was set up at, at a hotel room. Okay. Yeah, uh, they had it at the Valve booth, but it was only for one day at the Valve booth, and then yeah. the day they weren't at the Valve booth, we the find them at their hotel room. But it okay. was I ended up all working out, and it's super comfortable. And their big innovation really works. So, it
1: it, so it's more like the it's more like the halo ring of the PSVR. It,
0: it looks exactly like the PSVR, huh. where it's the halo ring in the back, where it's down to the knob that you turn to yeah. tighten it, and the button you press to stretch it out. To wh- how it has that triangular pad that sits on your forehead, it's like I don't, don't want to say ripped off, but it's very heavily inspired to me felt like the PSVR that springiness was the thing that I kind of missed from the from the Vive one so that's comfortable and once it's attached to the top of your forehead and the back of your head mm-hmm. then the visor the actual screen itself you could actually lift it up and down like how, a visor how much did it weigh compared to say a Vive could you See, tell they didn't do a- let us do a b comparisons or tell us the weight could you eyeball it it wasn't heavy it wasn't okay it wasn't heavy it felt like PSVR in my hand or a Vive it felt like a PSVR okay hand. Like, How long did you have it on? Uh, we did. They had a game demo for like a ten minute game demo. Hmm. They mm-hmm. played. Did, uh, did you get to see their lighthouses at all or no? Lighthouses
1: are ex- yeah exactly is the same. Is it still almost. two spinning gyros or is it just the one?
0: They they wouldn't clarify. It okay. looked like it looked like one to me. It's impossible to tell though. I, yeah, from yeah. the front I could barely tell. Same size. Their controllers are a little different. The controllers are actually a little uh more round. Uh, more rounded at the bottom of the handle, but angular in terms of where the sensors are. Still
1: not a definite, like a, a canonically correct way to hold that. No. no. Right. Okay.
0: Um, and while it has uh, more more button parity, than button parity with HTC Five and one additional button, another oh, assistant good. button, so developers can can program that. And they relocated some of the buttons. Um, Does it have the grip in the same bad spot? Yeah, grip same. And then everything feels a little lower. Hmm. Like the trigger and the grip feel lower on this. Uh, than on the Vive controller. Same the Vive kind of controller, uh, the, the the trigger, two-stage trigger, Yeah. the Vive controller, the trigger feels closer to the donut. Yeah. Here it's lower on the handle, and it's a little more contoured, curved yeah. in the bottom. Um, the thing that sucks for me is that they're designing it, it feels like designing it just like Vive, uh, Vive did, HTC did, where the controller is paired to the headset. Why is that bad? So you can't mix and match. Oh, I would love for a future where you're able to mix and match, get the headset you want, the controllers you want, and have everything tied to maybe a USB, uh, USB hub or yeah. something, as opposed to having to buy one closed system. Well, okay, so
1: having used the dev kits that had the the controllers pairing to a dongle. That was back plugged into the pc mm-hmm. the radio you want the radio having the radio really close to the receiver has real benefits yeah
0: and li- there are definitely line of sight issues yeah. and, and signal issues um, that people told me about with the the usb dongles for these separate donut trackers
1: yeah like you want to have there's a reason there's a usb port on top of the vive is my understanding for the donut trackers um, the the it's interesting that you say that you'd like to mix and match i I can't imagine them ever selling those things independently of each other, except for in like an RMA type sense, because uh, like y- you're not going to be able to buy a Vive headset without the hands,
0: ever, or, or, or a Steam VR headset without the hands. Right. I assume. Right. But in the future, who's going to make the new uh, non-grip required clamp? The hands. The hand controllers. Yeah. like The Valve prototype. Like, is that going to be? If, if, is Val going to do the same thing where they open source that design and then something like who's going to make that and you how have, is that going to pair it to with your headset?
1: I'm going to, well, I mean, if it's Bluetooth, it's just pairs, right? So if you have an LG, if you have an LG headset and an HTC, like right now you can hook two things up. Is it just Bluetooth? So the Vive, if you want to connect multiple Vive ones, you can use a Steam controller dongle to connect them, mm. to connect another two, or at least one. I'm not sure about it. You might, I might only be able to do one. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a weird, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's
0: kind of unclear about how all this works. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk more about VR and the games I saw in the VR Minute, but the other big non-GDC news out this week is the new WikiLeaks. Hold on. Did you talk about the Oculus? We didn't talk about the Oculus price drop last week, did we? We did. We did. Oh, we We did? did? Okay. It happened as we were podcasting. Is when the price dropped, two hundred wow. bucks. And yeah. robo,
1: we'll talk about robo recall
0: too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah yes, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so WikiLeaks uh, released what nine thousand pages documents yesterday morning. You mean Russia? Yeah. Yes. The the uh, the hacking arm of Russia. Um, WikiLeaks sponsored by RT. Yeah, that's right. Um, is it's a collection of what they say were CIA files showing how uh, CIA. Hacks into phones and computers. They're, guess what? Their protocols. Yeah. Guess what? We're all vulnerable if we do stupid things. If, mm-hmm. Dude, it's not if we do stupid things. It's if you have a TV,
1: anything with a microphone. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all stuff that we knew. It's just nice to have somebody saying, hey.
0: That they're actually listening? Yeah. Right? I mean We knew they were listening.
2: We're, I was confused about one thing. Like, all the te- TVs listed, it was mostly Samsung's that I saw referenced, they right? Have,
1: they, had, they did voice control. So, they have, oh. they have microphones.
0: So your, your Xfinity, X1 stuff, all that stuff that's un- unencrypted that well, goes mean, through? Yeah, look, if, if you want to look
1: at something that's easy to hack, a cable box where they're not great about security on the best of days
2: is yeah. number one. I can't wait for them to hack my Xfinity, X1 voice commands. Right. It's me. Food network. Seriously, where is food network? My HGTV. wife wants to watch Chopped. Food network. Yeah. That's pretty much what that is. Alexa, Alexa,
1: Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. What are the you blue doing to our on. listeners? Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> What are you doing? I forget.
0: Alexa, yeah, yeah. So that, there are exploits they explicitly listed out for iOS and Android. Uh, some of these are relatively old. They're not for iOS 10. Yeah. And none of it says that they have access to encrypted data. So if you have an app that does end-to-end encryption and you send data and do voice communication that way, it looks like from this well, release that that stuff is still protected.
1: If they if they have ever had physical access to your hardware, oh then yeah, of course, then they can. Then or
0: there's... your phone has been rooted, which is
1: yeah. it seems easier to do on Android than iOS. Still, that was the mm-hmm. one of the takeaways I read. Um, then then it's easy. Like if if there's low level, if there is a low level root on the phone or low level hack on the phone, then they can get whatever you're typing into Signal or put WhatsApp or whatever your cho- your app of choice is. Before it's
0: encrypted, the encryption just protects you between the device and and the recipient. And most of the points of entry are just malicious websites. Yeah, so malicious websites that you browse on your Android phone that that you have, you have those pop
3: ups or phishing,
0: yeah, or, or yeah, yeah. Did exactly. you did you see the
1: that the Justice Department declined to continue prosecution on the child pornographers because they don't want to give up their Tor their Tor exploit? Oh. So, they have a Tor exploit that lets them, that lets, that they took over. I can't remember the name of the site, but it was a, it was a, the, the clearinghouse, dark net clearinghouse for child porn. And they took it over for like a week and, and harvested a bunch of IPs from people who were using Tor and now don't want to tell, like they don't, they're not prosecuting because they, the judge was going to make them share the exploit, basically. Wow.
0: Yeah. Does this information coming to light change any of, do you think it changes Google or Apple's approach to security on on their devices? Um, this I mean, you imagine they have in large teams already. I think oh, this is aware of this. Yeah, this isn't new information
2: to them. They've known about these these sort of vulnerabilities well, for a while.
1: No, probably if they knew about the vulnerabilities, they would have fixed the vulnerabilities. Like there's, but there's when you're living in a world where zero days that aren't known can fetch millions and millions of dollars on the black market, like this is obviously there are teams working on this the question is 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 google or ios going to take a serious effort at rebuilding the core parts of the os to avoid to make it more difficult for these types of exploits to 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 exist and i can't imagine that they
2: will
3: Mm -hmm. yeah we
2: we have had rumors of a full tear down and rebuild of android that might be coming
1: i mean it's it's but what? comey was on uh, uh, the fbi director uh, comey did a uh, interview the other day at a conference where he basically said look we have to we have to work closely we we have to stop the the apple versus fbi google versus fbi stuff and figure out a way to work at the same time that this cia stuff leaked and basically said look if you if if there are if there are keys to these devices he said in the context of we seized twelve thousand phones or something, and of them, like a significant percentage, were completely unable to get data off of. Um, the, the The upshot is, we can't trust the federal definitely can't trust the federal government with backdoors to our devices. But I mean, maybe there's maybe there are maybe there's a maybe there's some sort of happy. I don't know what the happy medium is, actually.
0: And really, hopefully, the awareness of this encourage should encourage users to update. The software in their phone. Yeah,
1: like if you get an iOS, if, if your phone says, hey, you have a system level update, you should install it, you should install it. Don't let that stuff sit. It's not, you know, the, the Windows 10, as annoying as the Windows 10, hey, we're updating your machine without you asking us to, and by the way, you're not going to work for the next hour, is, you, you it's probably the right choice. Yeah. Uh, still developing. Also, don't install software. That, that you don't know it, where it comes from. Don't install weird hacked third-party drivers that come with stuff like Daemon tools. Don't oh. install, um, don't use ad blockers. Sorry, guys, I know that ads are important, but like ad blocking networks that serve third-party injection malware is is the only way that we stop that from happening. Like it's a, it's a fucked up place that we're in that the web is a model that exists like the economics of the web mean that users have to allow sites to run
2: arbitrary code on their computers. And b- beyond those like kind of basic things, are you going to change your behavior at all based off of the information that was i' I've, I've been thinking about moving to a cabin for a
1: while. So <laughs>
3: um,
2: I, I, I am,
1: um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of always assume that they're listening.
0: I Put I tape s- over your microphones and... Then covers. it's just muffled. It, it doesn't block well, I mean, I mean, your cameras. Tape yeah. over your cameras. Just put a covers. white noise generator right by the microphones. <laughs> yeah, your Oculus cameras are watching you. Glorious infrared. Pig Latin <sighs> in all of your microphone devices. That's how you
1: yeah. Hey, I had a dead Oculus camera. That's why I was getting jitter, jutter when I was testing, by the way. What? So I had an Oculus camera that when I reinstalled Windows the other day, it gave me the "Hey, this camera's—you're getting bad signal from this camera." I tried it in all my USB ports, mm-hmm. and when I replaced it with another camera, it everything fine. was fine. Oh wow! Well, so, good thing those cameras are only sixty dollars now. I just called them and said, "Hey, this camera's broken. Please send me a new one." Good. I good. Haven't heard back yet.
0: Oh, okay. Um, last few bits of technology news. You know, this isn't really interesting news, but I wanted to use it as a talking point. Microsoft teamed up with this company Steelcase, that makes furniture and they're designing like work environments um that they think would best be suited for creatives and the working lifestyle and it, it's a lot of you know high concept bs um but the reason i want to talk about this is do you guys think that at some point apple will make furniture
1: um well hold on first steel case makes really good chairs like they make good office furniture they're Right up there with Herman Miller and, mm-hmm. and kind of the other premier, right. fancy, well-designed, comfortable, long-lasting. If you want to spend $1,000 on a chair that's going to last you two decades, Steelcase is one of the companies to go to. Great. Um, I thought that this was a pretty Apple-y move. Like, like I thought this this looked like something that Jobs would have done. It reminded me a lot of the 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 hints that we saw of the Apple stores before the Apple stores happened. I... Um, I don't think that Apple is going to make furniture, but I think Apple will partner with somebody that makes furniture for sure. Yeah, that's 100% what I think.
0: I feel like Apple really wants... I feel like Johnny Ives would love the design of furniture. I think
1: Johnny Ives will partner... I think Apple will partner with somebody and Johnny Ives will... The the Apple line designed by Johnny Ives is a thing that will happen. But making furniture is way outside their core competency in terms of like manufacturing and logistics and all that stuff. And none of their... None of the stuff that they can bring to bear on a logistics
2: supply chain is going to help them with furniture. I, I that's think correct. the other thing is, like, the
0: stores aren't optimized for that either. I don't think that's an yeah. easy switch. Yeah, yeah, their showrooms well, aren't. I, okay. I, I think the reason I think it's going to happen is I think as we move toward Apple wanting everything to be wireless, they have to build the desks and the side tables with the wireless charging. Do, do people
1: in. actually want shit to be wireless, though? It I does, don't. It doesn't
0: matter. That's what Apple wants and that's what I'd Apple thinks okay. you want. Mm-hmm. I'd be think okay with Think of all wireless. the things. I mean we're getting close to right now the only th- reason you want to plug something the only reason you need to plug something in is for power. I mean look, the only reason we're still in that situation is because Apple
1: doesn't want to pay into one of the standards that exists now.
2: I thought they signed on for the Qi. Oh, I didn't know
1: standard. that. They okay. did. Yeah. Okay. They did. So then yeah. so then guess what? We're all going to put Qi pads on our
0: on our desktop And, and our I think, think as I don't think that's an elegant solution. I think yeah, third parties will sell these Qi pads. I think Apple wants to sell, it wants you to have the maybe a side table like your nightstand or your work your office table, that that's gonna be put your phone anywhere on the table, put your laptop anywhere on the table, and you just don't think about it. The the
1: consumer product diversity on 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 furniture is makes consumer electronics look really easy, right? Like there are there are an infinity of different furniture styles that people want. Some people like antiques, and you're not gonna. You're not going
0: to get an Apple branded antique nightstand. It's See, you. Th- that choice is exactly what Apple loves to fight against. Though, there is no choice when it comes to the things that people just want the the Apple thing. But but furniture is a different thing. Are we sure about that? It's
1: like clothes. It's They're like, not going to make clothes. We think that's like
0: cars too. But you know what? Everyone, I don't think
1: love the Teslas. I don't think that's like cars. I think cars. People buy. There are multiple different kinds of consumers for cars. But most people buy one nightstand for their for a really, really long time. It's I, not a market apple. I still don't m.
2: think the, the tech is there for the charging to be at the rate that it needs to be. Like it, it, and which is like the underlying assumption there, right? That the th- we can get it there where it can charge fast enough well, where this will be. But worth if it's one.
0: everywhere, then it doesn't matter. If every surface is a charging surface, uh, then as long as it's not in your pocket, where does everyone put where is or where does everyone put their phones and their laptops? Not in their skinny jeans. It's I on rest the table. It on
1: my groin usually. It's, we have all our yeah.
0: devices on our table right now. I I just
1: I look the the penalty for making a bad furniture like you you need if they release key 2 or key 3, you're not going to replace your nightstand. And Apple's not going to make some weird modular solution you just jam a thing in there. That makes, they to make you buy a new one. I, but but that's insane. If it, Apple it, partners with anybody will be with IKEA probably. No, oh, it'd be Herman Miller. No, I think high end. There is zero, zero,
2: zero chance it's going to be IKEA. <laughs> zero. <laughs> zero. It's it's it would be high end. Apple it's, will not handle is not okay with the term wobble being associated <laughs> to their products. Oh, That's true.
1: Design within reach, self, is probably who self they partner with. Although that brand, is, they they they've tanked that brand in the last few years. I, mean, I would that's think like, just a reseller. They just hold, Scandinavian they, they No, no, they, no. That's the problem. Is it's not a reseller anymore. They make their own.
0: Oh, they make their the own problem. They make their own knockoff furniture now. Yeah, I mean it. I could totally see starting with starting simple. The one side table, then the one nightstand. Apple Johnny Ives designed nightstand. Put your phone here. Put your watch there. Don't need cables sell for a thousand bucks, people are going to eat that up. A, a lot of the appeal of Apple, though, is that you can
1: buy the expensive one. You'll notice that they didn't really do an addition watch on the second version of the Apple Watch.
0: Well, no, there's a lot of appeal to Apple for the, the their target consumers, the rich people, is that it is expensive. But the, no, but my point is, the, if you're a poor
1: person and have an iPhone 7 and you're a rich person and have an iPhone 7, it's the same iPhone 7,
0: right? The hardware is essentially identical, Um and the only way that works, even though it's eight hundred dollar piece of hardware, mm-hmm. is because of cellular subsidies and now leasing plans mm-hmm. that everyone does. Yeah, and you can't do that with furniture, but you also can't do that with MacBooks. You can do that with furniture. There's a whole right. massive yeah. cottage
1: industry go. in screwing people on short-term furniture loans.
0: You don't think there would be a
2: stopgap of like the the work surface, like a that's a, a pad? I think that's the super
0: inelegant solution. I know it's inelegant. That's a, that's but... for Belkin and that's for uh, you know a Logitech wow. to make. <laughs> That's not for Apple to want to sell you. They don't want to sell you the hundred-dollar pad. Yeah, the hundred-dollar pad. That's going to work fine with everyone's iPhone eight or iPhone ten, whatever it is. Uh, but they want to sell the thousand-dollar side table. Here's and make the margin on that. It costs them maybe hundred bucks to make, and has the same built-in wireless technology. But the no brand, designed by Apple, made, designed, designed in California, made by Apple. Here's whatever. the
1: thing about a thousand-dollar end table: is it will cost hundred dollars to ship. Right, like they're, they're, all of their margins, all of their being able to make stuff in China and put it on airplanes and fly it over here by the thousands mm-hmm. goes away with furniture. Yeah. So, th- so they'll partner with somebody. They'll have a, they'll have, they'll have a certification thing that uses their own specific language, just like the headphones, just like a, the iPhone accessories. But, but they have to put something in the box that you can charge the phone with if they take away the charging port.
3: I
0: think my bigger point here is, regardless of who does right? it, this is something that I think we're all going to move toward. Where the the charging is infrastructure. Is it
1: really that big of an inconvenience? I think it's much more likely that we'll have glass-based batteries that last 2 weeks instead of instead of a day and we'll charge it every 2 weeks and it's a less frequent thing that we have to dick around with. It could be both. I mean that look perfect world is that we never have to think about it again it just takes Not body Not having from to our think pants. about it.
0: Never underestimate the the, the the power of convenience. Oh,
2: if God. the CIA could just improve like with their hacks, actually deal with some of these battery issues. Well, you saw, you saw the lithium-ion guy had another, there's a new, yeah. The glass thing. Yeah. yeah, there isn't much to say about it at this point. It's so. like every new battery technology that's five years off, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Five years is the, we don't know when this is going to be done. All right, uh, one last bit of news. Um, yes, uh, update to Lightroom Mobile. We'll now do raw photo capture with HDR on your mobile devices. I know they announced this a while ago. Have you actually done this yet? Actually I not. I to, I'm, I'm going to get this update and test it out. I've had, had the most success with uh, Lightroom on iOS importing my raw photos um, and being able to tweak them. Why? It's, it's Slow? No, it just ends up working off the JPEG. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So well, that's not that's the opposite of this whole thing, right? Exactly.
2: All right. Are we ready to go to our next segment?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Before we jump to our next segment, I do want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode. Uh, This episode of This Is Only a Test is brought to you by CRIZOL No Glare Lenses. If you wear glasses and you know that fingerprints, smudges, scratches, and glares can obstruct your vision and be a huge distraction. Sometimes you end up focusing more on what's in your glasses than what's going on around you. But not anymore thanks to Chrizzol no-glare lenses. Crizal lenses offer resistance to blemishes, giving you the clearest vision possible. And that means no more fingerprint smudges on your glasses from taking it off or scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. And because Crizal no-glare lenses stay clear and reduce distracting glare, your friends and family can actually see your eyes, not your glasses. Look better, feel better, and more importantly, stay more immersed in the world around you, not just your lenses. Go to Crizal.com, C-R-I-Z-A-L.com, and start living life in the clear. And thank them for sponsoring this week's episode.
2: Now it's time for a moment of science.
0: All right, give me that goddamn Zelda cartridge. All right, here we go. I've, I've uh, closed off my game, so it won't ruin the save. Here's the cartridge. All now, right. I licked the one-two switch cartridge, so this is clean. Oh, it's not. not licked. It's a non-licked cartridge. Non-licked cartridge. Kishore is going to take the Zelda you cartridge. Get
1: full contact, Kishore. Just rest it on there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, don't don't just put it flat on your. Tongue. No, you want
0: the other side, right?
1: You, no, you... this side has it's
0: plenty all, of bitter. R- agent oh, on oh, okay. Yeah, it's all there's... awful.
2: All right, I'm I'm going to clean that cartridge take for you later. Swig, swig that Diet Coke. Wow, that's. Oh God, I. <laughs> Damn it!
1: It kind of builds over time. The Coke doesn't make it... It just makes it worse.
2: Yeah, this is the fun. The denatonium benzoate, the oh. bittering agent that's now on these cartridges everywhere. Actually, this bittering agents in a lot of places. Like, it's in soap. Have you ever tried to eat your liquid soap at home? Why would, I don't you, rec- why would you do that? I don't recommend it's it. But it bad idea. But it, this stuff is in there. It's in... Um, it's uh, in, like, hand sanitizer, right? Yeah, it's in any alcohol-based thing, like isopropyl yeah. alcohol and stuff. It's actually a really useful thing to have around. And... Um, some companies are using a variant of this chemical to actually help control appetite. Mm. Like you could take a end of meal, uh, type, um, like a pill or, and or like, you know, um, like little amuse, if you will. And it'll just spread this bitter flavor and just make you not want to eat. You could also put it on the fork, uh, like
1: with another layer of stuff on top of it that when you, when your saliva eats it away enough, eventually the fork just tastes awful.
2: Here's the thing that's, that's sort of funny, and uh, this is one of my uh, favorite NIH studies. It's, it's pretty old, but in 91, this bittering agent has been around forever. It's the most bitter compound known to man. In 91, they did an analysis with kids to see how much of this bittering agent, if it was placed inside of a liquid, um, will it actually stop people from, from doing that? And out of 30 re, um, uh, people that were participating in the, in the trial... Wait, you're putting that back in there without dilicifying it? It's fine. Don't I'm not going to like it. Mm-hmm. They put um, Terms are fine, they, they put this in orange juice, and even People though just the drank big, the orange juice, they even, thought it was like it was part of an experiment. But even though it was in the orange juice, seven out of the thirty took multiple sips. <laughs> so,
0: well, wow. so, wow. it's extra fresh. Oh, it's a bitter <laughs> batch of oranges. That's that's all right. Uh, does it wipe Shit, off on your so, hand when you um? Like, no. No, no, oh, wait, it's, it's pretty. Yep. There yep. it
2: is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, not really. Okay. It's not too bad. And it's also, it comes off it with, with soap and water. It's not that pervasive. This has been around forever. Yeah. I know it's making all the rounds. It's not that new. Thanks, internet. All right. Uh, two studies this week, or two really short stories. One is, was your
0: grandfather's, either of your grandfathers,
2: they, were they bald or balding?
0: I only oh. know one of my grandfathers, and he uh, no, f- relatively full head of hair.
1: My both of my grandfathers had uh, pronounced widow's peaks. Oh, yeah, that well, like 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 full back. It's shocking. like Adams family level, not quite, but no no tip. Remember. Oh, Munster, they didn't mean. have the point, but they had they oh, had the
2: okay. the high. Mm. Yeah, there's a new study out this week about male pattern baldness, and this is a what's called a GWAS study, which is a large genomic study. And it was done where they took data from uh, genomic data from 10,000 mostly white people um, uh, cases uh, from Europe and and like analyzed the data to see if they could find different genetic risk factors. And when they're examining people that had male pattern baldness, they found they had elevated risk for prostate cancer, cardiac arrest, and a few neurodegenerative disorders. Oh, no. is this,
1: but is But is this a correlation? Oh, it's always a, a correlation. Yeah, it's
2: not causal. Like, bald people aren't... It's just because they're not as active and having as much sex. Uh, I think it's just, like, all that rejection as being a bald person, yeah. like, really, wow. really hits your the heart. The Costanza wow. effect. I don't know, but, the you know, one of the side effects of of having prostate cancers in a large prostate and, in some cases, in a large penis. So I don't know how <laughs> that goes together with what we were saying you earlier. You take the good and you take the bad. All right. You take them all, and there you have the facts of life. Um, so congratulations to our male listeners who have grandfathers that have, have balding. Congratulations, guys. Uh, last one, real quick, is about origami. Either of you origami fans? I, I'm
3: a
0: fan. I'm a, I appreciate the art. Did you, you fold cranes for your wedding, Norm? No, we didn't okay. have any cranes.
2: Wait, you were at that wedding. I was. I just <laughs> wondered no if I got cranes.
0: screwed out of the cranes. No, there were no cranes. I thought they were just there for the no specials. Cranes. Absolutely no cranes. Uh,
2: there is a new form of origami that scientists made out of polystyrene, basically like styrofoam. And they've used light, uh, a particular color of light, um, as this... You know, uh, sheets of this really thin polystyrene were, were made and the light actually could cause the polystyrene to fold. Is this what you
1: use in a, the kind of polystyrene you use in a vacuum former or something like that?
2: Uh, It's a lot thinner. Okay. So similar though, basically the same material, just, just stretch thinner. Yeah. There's like these little lines of ink um, with different sort of colors on it. And so when they shine the a particular type of light, it would, it would basically interact with that color and cause like a slight tension. So huh. that would pull on the on the polystyrene and cause it to fold. There's so, this incredible video. You Was know, it Wait.
0: energy in the intensity of light or a specific wavelength? Yeah,
2: yeah there's a certain color of light that's reacting to Holy ink cow, on, that's the, amazing. on the. Um, on the polystyrene what, to what
0: force is happening it. So, there the origami is folding itself norm well i, I, I know that but what is what is actually happening why th- that wavelength what is it what is it affecting i mean
2: it's putting energy into that like there's some absorption of energy with Got that it. um so it's breaking or creating mm-hmm. chemical bonds right presumably i don't think it's breaking the chemical bonds but i think it's actually imparting a little bit of heat to the to the polystyrene and that heat Causes it because it's so thin and it has these sort of I think folds in it. Yeah, it causes that energy to huh to be translated into motion. That's really cool. It's a it's pretty amazing what they're able to achieve with this. What's the application? You say uh, none. Can you can you build a it's house cool. with origami? It's just cool. Oh, um, it uh, I'll post the video. It's a pretty amazing video. Probably my like, favorite. Are they thing. using UV? Is that what? It looks yeah, like? it looks like some form of of UV light. Did you, did you see the pink water in Canada? Why is there pink water in Canada? Is it, it's, it's, it to celebrate um, Day Without Woman? They turned all their water pink? Uh,
1: no, they didn't do it on purpose. Uh, it's on-away Canada. got a surprise on Monday when the town's tap water started turning pink, and eventually it looked like uh, Ghostbusters 2 slime. That is pink. Yeah, it's it's pink-ass pink. Uh, oh, it's
0: Ghostbusters 2. Totally. Yeah,
1: they. Uh, there was a valve malfunction at the town's water treatment plant so, potassium permanganate. Oh,
2: potassium permanganate. Yeah. If you mix that with glycerol, it's my favorite reaction. It's a it self igniting reaction. And if you Ooh. put it in a controlled vessel, you can get quite the explosion. What? So, uh, you just, potassium hold on. <laughs> did you just tell te- this is only a test listener's how to make a bomb? No, I did oh, not. Okay. I, I told them how to do a safe reaction at home. Actually,. The funny thing about potassium permanganate and, and glycerol, they used to sell it at the PBS store. Oh, Do you dude. remember PBS stores? No. They showed up in the malls in like the mid 90s. It, it was like the precursor of brains or one of yeah. those like
1: smart people stores. Exactly.
2: And I remember walking in and seeing like they're selling a vial of potassium permanganate, which is these, it's just a silvery flake type material. And glycerol, I'm like, I know that reaction. That is a incredibly powerful reaction. Um, and uh, PBS should not be selling this in stores. It was gone about a month later. But I had bought to, all the stock. You used to be able to buy a bunch of really dangerous stuff in chemistry sets back before the, the nanny state took charge. I know. Thanks, Norm. I'm blaming it on his so it's humor, the right? generation. Yeah. My yeah. favorite thing about potassium permanganate is that uh, you can neutralize it with vitamin C, and I know that because in our uh, in our high school, one of the senior pranks hmm. was uh, somebody from our chemistry class uh, colored our entire pool right. a a pink purple color it actually turns deep purple it's just low concentration there probably is why it looks pink
1: so yeah they said uh they forgot they flushed uh, some water treatment lines and uh they used it to remove iron and manganese yeah um, awesome but but the valve stayed open and it actually got into the water supply they said don't worry about it
2: it's not that it's not that horrible. it's not bad a little a little ascorbic acid it'll all be fine yeah all right time for you guys to shine
0: all right. Our last segment the VR minute, virtual reality this week. There are three games that we saw at GDC that I want to give shout outs to. And we're going to have like videos and interviews with most of these. Um, one is Kiss or Kill, which Ooh. was made in um, it was it's a Vive game. That the developers made it in about 2 weeks time and it's a Game show in VR. Does Fuck Mary kill the VR game? It's not. Uh, very interesting because um, Jeremy and I played it. It's very, very much a standard game show where we created, our, we chose our avatar. We both looked like we Ryu from Street Fighter, uh, and you had a button and in front of you, and then there was a, a host that asked you questions mm-hmm. and, and presented questions, and it was in like a virtual set. The host was played by a third person down in L.A. Oh, so really? So per- it was a multiplayer experience, and they had someone with a script. And it was really weird, because the moment Jeremy and I got into the game, like they, the, we heard the host say, what's your name, player one? And I thought it was just AI, so it didn't respond verbally. And it turned out it was a real person. And then they had they had their script. It was a really delightful host, and we answered trivia questions. And like the novel thing for them is that uh, at some points you get like a weapon, so you can like bash your your opponent so to make them dizzy so they can't read the question. Um, but they the, they made it in two weeks. So for what they made, pretty neat. What is the kiss part at the very end of the game? The winner of the game can uh, choose either kiss or kill the opponent. And if you kiss, you have to virtually kiss them I guess we chose kill which didn't put you in a boxing match I don't know I uh, feel like you missed a real opportunity yeah for some internet. We, 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 a lot we, about your relationship chose, with Jeremy we chose kill uh, sorry Jeremy What I thought was interesting was their plan for this is to make the host not an actual real person and the, when they're released but the tied into IBM Watson and oh. have it be AI driven Wow what like And Watson, that's some like serious juice. Yeah, and, and I'm not exactly sure what would the benefits of Watson be because uh, they would still prescript the questions. Well, they wouldn't have to pay somebody to be there answering the... But why would you need a, a
1: database accessing tool like Watson? Oh, I think they're probably using Watson for the natural language interface. That's probably it. Yeah. To,
0: dis- to parse the answers and to choose
1: that. Yeah, there's... Um, I mean... It's interesting that the machine learning stuff is happening at the same time as VR because it means that there's a lot of interesting opportunities for weird stuff to happen.
0: And just the social, I mean, we know social is great in VR. Um, I'm unconvinced that having an AI, you know, with a Siri-like voice prompt you is going to give you that type of uh, fun interaction. I mean, did you feel like it was... uh good with the real human being it was pretty good with the real they would call back to earlier mm-hmm. things um you know it was it was someone who had experienced who had experienced doing this type of performance before but i guess if it was more like you don't know jack yeah yeah to, then that would be fun if it was like you don't know jack style asking questions but with like a lot of scripting so like big excel sheets with all the possible answers and using the watson part of it to decipher the responses and to maybe store some information that you know that you want some interactivity like, like where the, are you from yeah well and, and and it lets you give
1: answers that are vague but or not, not it lets you ask questions that are have multiple correct answers that can have some nuance right so like if you think about um you know what's your favorite i i, I don't know um who did, Let's see what's a trivia what's a trivia que- most trivia is not set up in a way to answer those kinds of questions right you usually say what's what's a 1954 movie starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the answer is always uh,
3: probably
1: Key Largo I don't know I was I was I was like wait it suddenly I was like Casablanca isn't Lauren Bacall that's not no no right. no no no, no, no. <laughs> um, uh,
0: the the it's, it's it's Key Largo is
1: Ca- is Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall I'm thinking of the other movie you thinking about uh, um,
0: Maltese Falcon. No, Dark Passage. Dark possibly yeah. the Big Sleep. Big Sleep. Big sleep. big sleep. Yeah, the sleep. Raymond Chandler one. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, so, but that was nineteen forty-six or forty-eight or something, not fifty-four. But yeah the yeah, point I, I, is, you, you, if you, you can ask questions that have non. Uh, specific answers Mm -hmm. but that the the machine can still judge as correct or incorrect.
0: So I'm curious if they're planning on using any of this Watson stuff and if Watson is any good at at recognizing or if they can even program this in um, gesture recognition. Like people make very standard gestures when they shrug and and if you can build in IK models, so you know that you can assume that a contestant is you know, either they're hitting the button, right, and that's an act, an active thing, or if they're making like I don't know, or or they're doing a thinking pose, like to have the AI react to that appropriately. Uh, that's where there's a lot of nonverbal communication that could be interesting in VR as well. Or or it could be like put your hand on your head, even stuff like that, right? That's right. hard for the
1: machine to recognize,
0: right? Um, the other game, the two other games. One, Cloud uh, Cloudgate Studios has, uh, they have an Island 359, like a dinosaur hunting game, like a very Jurassic Park-like game. But they were demoing it with uh, motion trackers that they put on their feet. So they put the Vive trackers, the, the additional pucks. And How is it on their feet? Like on their shoes somehow? So they, they had a mount that you want put one on the your back of your belt, uh, behind you, on your belt buckle, and then two on your shoelaces and tied your shoelaces real tight. And then that gives you, with one, two, three, four, five, six points of tracking, mm-hmm. two hands, one head, one hip, and two feet, uh, they are able to do a pretty good um, virtual avatar, uh, which, for the purpose of the game, it didn't seem like it had a ton of benefit, because you're still teleporting around, you're not like, where your feet are planted doesn't have a real effect on the gameplay, you can kick dinosaurs. That's what you could do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's fun. Uh, but it, for them, it was more about having a better sense of self in the game. And that's the interesting thing. Do you need, how much of a physical avatar do you need? And is there an, a, a point? Because we know just seeing our hands, like you can know, floating hands, that's the incredible sense of self already. You don't need to see elbows for it to work. But if you could see your hands and your feet and they modeled your hips, it increasingly gives you more presence. But is there a point where then it becomes an uncanny valley of presence it's, where you well, don't need you don't want to I mean, see that because too many things don't work. That's it. You and I
1: played that thing at Swiss Next years ago where you could see your elbows and the elbows didn't line up with your with your sense of proprioception and it's really uncomfortable and and like we've tested that some people really respond worse to that than others. Um, the the like the idea that people are going to buy foot controllers. To put on that are not standard out of the box is, I think, really optimistic.
3: Well,
2: I, I still don't see the advantage of the foot. You control. can kick like, stuff. No, no, I understand that, but I mean, like, I've I've hardly since having touch or anything um, like hand tracking looked down at my feet and said, "I wish there was." For pre- well, yeah. then, then you can do on what things. You're doing. Yeah.
0: Right, you can do also things like once you model the feet, you can do collision detection where you can mm-hmm. play a stealth game where where your virtual body is and effects like moving, ruffling the leaves around a tree if you're trying to hide. Or if you're not designing a open, big open-world game, you're designing a puzzle room, the placement of your feet, you have Indiana Jones-style stepping on panels.
1: Or, or mm. even if you're thinking... Like, the hips are, are another big one. Um, like, if you're thinking about something like Space Pirate Trainer, if you know basically having head and hands doesn't give you enough data to reliably guess what the orientation of somebody's somebody's pelvis is and their shoulders are. So like you frequently will get, it, it errs on the side of conservatism and, and when you when it detects where a hit is, it's guessing based on the triangle of where your head and, 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 and hands are. So if it has more data, then you're going to get more reliable collision. It, in the real world, most of that stuff works pretty well without having to have the real data. Um, it's much so one of the things that we have when we did the Adult Swim thing uh, w- where we animated Carl from Aqua Teen, basically the performer, the first thing he tried to do was do one of the traditional Carl kicks and we had no way to track that. So, right. like, mm-hmm. I think it's much more interesting for people who are doing weird one off special case stuff like what we do then I don't expect normal people to buy Vive trackers to track their feet in games.
0: And the software needs to be scalable. You need to be able to design a game with like Unseen Diplomacy where you can play with just what the standard minimum set is, hand track controllers and head, but it could scale up with one additional tracker. You get the hips, that's important, or if you have two additional trackers, then maybe the legs, and that unlocks different types of gameplay. Uh, But it needs to be scalable where the game's going to work with you if you just three points or six points. Um, and I think it's fair to assume that once these vibe trackers come out, you know, on the high end, people are, are going to buy one at least. I don't, I don't really,
1: what do you think you're going to use it for? like accessories, guns, guns? Okay, swords. Okay, okay, guns. Well, you already have a sword controller for all intents and purposes. Sure. A mi- mixed, re- I think a lot of people will buy them for mixed reality. Yep. Um, cause that's a much easier way to track the camera than jamming an extra vibe controller on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't. I my assumption is that like less than ten percent of the market is going to buy these.
0: That would be really unfortunate. I think there. Are, I think developers should not. I, I hope this is not a chicken and egg scenario where developers are going to resist developing for having something novel, a third thing tracked, even if it's not something you hold or something that's part of your body. Because uh, I think there's a lot of potential there for I, I for just, having n- n- new types of experiences.
1: Like min spec, like min is so important on on this kind of stuff. And the fact that the Vive comes with the two hands is the is the is the thing that makes the Vive work in a lot of cases. Isn't right? it
2: also hundred bucks? Right, a hundred bucks. bucks. That's yeah. really where I see the problem. If these were like twenty five or fifty yeah. bucks, then I would. Be...
1: That's
0: that's the thing where I thought it would be.
2: I thought I was hoping for fifty. And when you're mm-hmm.
1: looking at what seven hundred bucks for Oculus and Touch with mm-hmm. two cameras versus. Six hundred bucks. Oh, they dropped the price on the Vive now.
0: No, six hundred bucks for Oculus and two. Oh, kids. that was six ninety nine.
1: It's five ninety nine. It's five ninety nine. Okay, so five ninety nine for that versus six ninety nine for the or seven ninety nine for the for the Vive. Yeah, it's plus high-end. another hundred bucks. That's bananas. Nobody's yeah, going to buy that with the head strap too. You want to you want to get that comfort? Well, the, head strap. The, once they've run out of the old head straps, the head strap will be bundled in. I'm sure.
0: I don't think so. You don't think so? I think Revenue streams for HTC. I mean, it is nice that HTC is making money again. Like, I think they need people who bought. Vibes last year, however, hundreds of thousands to buy something this year. Yeah. I mean, is second Vive, gen, it'll be bundled. I think I is would the HTC
2: so.
1: tracker, a
0: vibe thing, or is it a VR thing. thing? Okay, yeah, HTC makes that and sells that. Okay, yeah.
3: Hmm. yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, the last thing, uh, we'll talk about more straightforward game. Um, we saw from the people who made Hover Junkers, uh, their new game is called Duck Season, and this is awesome. It's a no, hour rabbit season, it's Duck Season. Oh, okay. It's, Is it that game? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a story-based game set in the 80s. It's set in the Stranger Things time, basically, where you play Duck Hunt. Your mom got you a game console, rented you Duck Hunt for a day, and you, you play Duck Hunt, and then, but things get weird. Okay, and the, the, when you play the duck hunt, you're not just staring at the TV shooting. You're actually inside the TV, you with a shotgun, uh. shooting the ducks.
2: So you're basically telling me, and it's they, all stories that some VR developer made a game exclusively for Jeremy Williams.
0: Like this touches basically. on like yeah. his Jeremy, nostalgia. Jeremy freaked out and loved it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. And it's all story-based, designed to be a short, like a movie-length experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you play throughout the day, so the story is you have duck hunt, the duck season for a day, twelve-hour day, before your mom has to return it. And so you play it for twelve. You play it for like twelve missions, and every time you play, something else, something what, things start to change. Do
2: you have a real dog? You don't have a real dog. So the mm. dog isn't there.
0: The dog is there. Oh. Like you don't have a pet dog, but there is a dog in there. All right. You got to stop reading. It gets surreal. Uh, is f- it out soon? It's out uh, it's in a couple months. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think they're able to have multiple ideas and do short-term development cycles and make yeah. games in six, eight months. I mean, that's
1: that's kind of the key. With the VR developers I talk to at GDC, most people are are leaning away from giant monolithic, you know, 2-year games and yep. focusing on things that they can crank out and sell for 10 or 15 bucks.
0: Yeah, and if they do enough of those by the time VR becomes more mainstream and more mass market, then they'll have a whole library of of essentially indie games that have and they'll be experienced enough to to make something and spend the effort to do a 2-year development game.
1: Do you guys know about open VR advanced settings, the plugin? No. So I was at Op- upload and was shooting something in their mixed reality thing a few days ago, and they had this thing set up and it basically lets you adjust chaperone boundaries, reset the floor, all of that stuff from inside the headset.
3: Oh, oh um, that's or great. Or while it's running. Yeah. like
1: So when your shit gets out of whack, it lets you fix it really quickly um, and gives you really, really fine control over all of that stuff. It's oh, that's awesome. super duper good. You download from GitHub. Um, I I literally cannot recommend it highly enough.
0: And this is an application that you launch it in I, in Steam VR while you're wearing the headset. So
1: you can like they were running it on the desktop because I was in the headset and they were changing like we were adjusting the the chaperone boundaries to let me get to places in the world that we were showing. That I wouldn't have been able to add. like when we were doing the stage show, for example, mm-hmm, sure, and we had to keep redoing the chaperone until it lined up right with the world, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it lets you change the orientation of the world inside Chaperone, or chaperone inside the world, and all that. Like it's it's a super super handy thing, especially if you're doing the kind of weird shit that we end up doing in VR a lot, where you're demoing unusual things.
0: Well, that's great, and it just pops up next to the settings icon in yeah. scene VR once you're. In the I headset. think it. I think it's a. I think it uses
1: use that plugin architecture that the Viveport stuff uses. Um, but I'm not 100% on that.
0: And it even has a revive settings menu. Yeah, it's and really you good. you can toggle uh, reprojection. It's great.
2: Yeah. Super really good. Really quickly, Superhot announced they're going to have a new update in a couple weeks. I think yeah. It's
0: out. Isn't it out? Uh, I'm not sure when it's out, uh, but it's like more replayability. Uh, difficult modes, you know. Which is one of my favorite VR games, so
2: I'm excited to see that. I, th- I that.
1: think it's, I think I saw it on the Oculus Store last night. Oh, let's see there was a thing that said super hot, it is, super, hot, super, hot super hot. forever, forever. Oh,
0: yeah. the forever updates out. Yeah. That's oh, out. there no. it is. There you go. You can, uh, you can only, you can play modes where only headshots will work. Um, you can try to complete a game without shooting. <laughs> I, I think that, that seems straightforward. Yep. Grab those bullets. Uh, and you know, hardcore modes, faster enemies and a, a game, a mode where you see if you can beat the entire game in less than 10 minutes. Oh God. I know. I would <laughs> hope for more levels eventually. um, and or, then uh, yeah. one last thing before we close out the podcast: Robo Recall, available and free. You guys been playing it? It's out. Yeah, I played the. I I have played a lot of Robo Recall.
1: What do you think? It's it's really really neat. Like it, it has the same. It's it's like playing that in one of the shooting galleries that is kind of prevalent on Steam makes you really understand the difference between people who make games and
0: a shooting gallery. There's a level of polish in Robo Recall that. That's where the money went, and the assets and the polish. Yeah. I mean, uh, fundamentally, the game is simple. You're shooting robots, teleporting around, throwing them in the portals, tearing them apart. But everything is very, very satisfying. It's... From the weapon upgrades to just the feeling of the, of, of the recoil. Um, it's you... really fast. It's very, very fast. Uh, you can get good at it. Mm-hmm. It's a game where it feels like you can actually get good at it by having better aim or being creative with the way you dispatch the robots.
1: Well, and that's the interesting thing. Like, like I reached out to try to grab a gun from a robot's hand yesterday, like you wouldn't. Super hot, actually, and I accidentally ripped his arm off. I was like, "Oh, right! I could just rip all their arms off and beat them to death with the with their arms." Mm-hmm. And it, that totally works. Um, yeah. Stuff like the reload mechanism—you know, you can't reload the guns by default. The way you reload is by throwing a gun at a robot, bouncing it off, and catching it when it comes back to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 super. It's really neat. Really, really satisfying. Uh, quite a bit of game. Three it's different big, big maps. Yeah. Um, t- time day changes. And it's uh, free for touch free users. Free for touch users. Otherwise, I think thirty bucks. I want to say uh, thirty or forty bucks. And then it's uh, has mod support. And I haven't tried mods yet. But I are there mods yet? There are. It's like mutators. I want to say it's mutators. I don't know if people can put more levels in, but. Um, like everything they are giving all the assets out if you—if you buy the game to to make th- more.
1: Thirty bucks seems like a little bit much. It's, so it's basically nine levels. Yeah, it's arcadey. So you can go back. There's replayability, and you you unlock weapon upgrades and things like that. It has a star system, kind of like, uh, mobile like Angry Birds type games where you have to uh, where getting stars unlocks new weapon upgrades, and eventually you get the ability to like get, multiply score and stuff like that. Um, it, like I, it's something I. I,
0: if I want to kill five minutes, then I am frequently will load that up.
3: Mm.
0: All right. And that does it for us this week for the a test. Will, what's the latest with Foo? Uh, uh, there's
1: I'm not logged into Slack right now, but I'm waiting on the build that fixes the last bug. Oh, wow. And that means it'll be out. The, so there'll be an episode on Steam. Uh, th- we're recording this on Wednesday. By the time you hear this on Thursday, it should be up. If everything goes well, it's the Quadrilateral Cowboy episode where I talked to Brendan Chung about his cyberpunk uh, masterpiece, Quadrilateral Cowboy. It's, it's a game about virtual reality hacking that you play on a monitor. So we, it's fun to talk about it in VR. And we also talk about game design choices involving toilets for a fairly
2: extended period of time. This awesome. is the one you recorded live. This at, is the one we recorded live at, at XOXM. X- awesome. Um, we're cool. recording
1: the next episode, I think next weekend is the current plan. Uh, and that's going to be something a little different. It's not going to be a game. It's uh, with a, somebody you introduced me to, actually, Kishore. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm so. ex- very, I'm deeply excited about that That science-related one. That I one, can say that, right? It's science-related. Yeah, related. That's, but I mean, it's too late to not say it now. So,
1: am <laughs> um, that out. The, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it gives you a new way to look at something that's normally intangible.
0: Very cool.
2: Uh, we will not be here next week. No, right. right.
0: Uh, we're not going to be here. I don't well, think Well, you could be here next week. Yeah. yeah. Are you paying me? Um mm-hmm. I'm going to see if Jeremy Jerry probably won't even be here either. We will not have an episode. Why don't we do one? We remote. may be, we'll We, we can talk remote. about where yes. we're going. Yeah. Um Kishore and I are going to Switzerland next week. Oi.
1: Wait, no, that's not No, right. that's no, the wrong That's Austria. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs>
0: We are visiting CERN and uh, the Large Hadron Collider, one of the collectors there. Yes, Simone and Nashor are going. We're going to film some special <sighs> episodes, and uh, we are hopefully going to come back with some cool stuff. It's a very short trip. We're going to be back. Is it on this time? Or is it off again? No, it's it?
2: offline. If it's on, then you can't really I was going to say, are you going to go
1: downstairs and get superpowers or anything?
3: I don't
2: know. Yeah. No, there's really not enough energy down there, even if you're hit with those collisions to do oh, too much they, good for yourself. Okay. Well, I mean, I always
0: wanted superpowers. Mm-hmm.
2: I think, yeah, I think we're going to uh, do a slightly different visit than you guys did the first time around. Okay. So it should be so fun. So
0: we'll hopefully do a podcast maybe remotely next week. But until then, uh, thank you, Will, for joining this week. Um, You can always find Will at Will Smith on on all the social medias. And uh, check out Foo. FuVR com, and if you have Steam VR, it's there right now. It'll work with if you have Oculus Touch or mm-hmm. or the HTC Vive.
1: And the two D client will be coming soon. So uh, if you wanted an Oculus Home Key, if you if you backed the Kickstarter, you wanted an Oculus Home Key. You you we sent Steam keys to everybody. So we're sending sending Oculus Home keys to everybody too when that build is ready. So Very everybody cool.
2: gets everything. Awesome. Um, Kishore, anything else from you? No, yeah. I. My science podcast. Oh, I have an episode coming up with one of the Virginia tech scientists who went up to Flint and Mm. uh, validated the lead level findings, which was a hard show to get through, but it was amazing. Well worth a listen. I'll be out, I think in
0: two weeks. Cool. Very cool. Um, All right then. Uh, And you can find me at Enchan, all our content at tested.com on the YouTube and on our website. We have a lot of stuff going on for the premium community members. Uh, Simone, Sean, and I guess Joel um, the 3D printer guy built a Prusa 3D printer that's happening this week uh, and we'll have more stuff uh, next week as well um, including more from Frank's shop, the sold effect shop, and a new project from Simone so please check that out on test.com but until then uh, this intro or this outro is by Justin aka Speed, who else? Alright.
1: Hi there, I didn't see you. Test it.
0: can you can hold out your hand and guess how many balls are in your hand is that right? true with the, well, so that's a yeah am in man that yeah. sounds great there are parts <laughs> of san francisco you can
2: do
3: that in real life it <laughs> <laughs>